right, Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> It's the Ben's Brunani woman is baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sippy, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long truths. You might learn something, you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. Tell you what I did last night. I threw straws, say, around a quarter to three. You were high, hypnotized with your fuckery. I couldn't stand it, this mind of mine. I got tired, I looked over to the left, a straw that I had. So stressed I couldn't help myself. Ooh, there goes my straw right into your face. Oh my, ooh, where's your mother's pussy? <laughs> Continue. <laughs> no. Continue, keep going. <laughs> I've actually realised, you know when... When, <laughs> when <laughs> that could have ended up. <laughs> I was ready, keep going. <laughs> that was literally a freestyle. I didn't even write that one. I usually, just before, I'm like, let me write something down that comes to my head, like... um what is it stream of consciousness that one i didn't write i just it was i was thinking about it, it in off, my head it was off the top yeah literally off the top no, fair enough i loved it and just before you asked me i'll get into it again that was tweedy that was who tweedy tweedy yeah tweety yeah there, she was missy elliott's like um little protege yeah tweet tweets there you go <laughs> so i have to give you that oh I'm okay <laughs> that's why you that. repeated it i was thinking <laughs> Why is she repeating it now? Okay, so it was Tweet. tweet. I, always, I always called it Tweety. Tweet, so you can have that one. Wow, yes, you're on definitely. a roll. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I'm good. I always said my music knowledge was good. It was just, a, like I said, it was just a vibes thing. So whenever you thought I got it wrong, yeah, it was me going off the vibes, and which was technically still right. So there's never a time I've gotten it wrong. But factually, it was wrong. No, 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 no. Factually, it was no. wrong. <laughs> no, 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 because no. then it's like, okay, what is a fact? <laughs> She got the existential mean. question. Right. Right. What is in what in fact is a fact? There you because, go. You know, Trump has facts all the time. He's got alternative <laughs> facts. Alternative facts. <laughs> so we'll go with that. It's a it's it's a vibe facts. Yes, so we'll have that. So yeah, wow. Welcome, welcome to uh another episode you come back to join us while you must really learn the shit um yes welcome to another episode of sym officially known as say your mind unofficially known as what what that's right suck your mom um it's me kletchy in the place to be and me sadiq and yeah we're fully fully here we're just we're just hearing it we're a bit i think we're getting a bit addicted to clubhouse aren't we yeah well, I feel like you are. I try no, to... No, no, you definitely are. Because let me even tell you today, yeah. I was like, okay, cool. She's coming over to record the podcast today. Why are you speaking on Clubhouse? At, at 10 is when you're meant to be here. 10.30, you're speaking on Clubhouse. I'm like, no, no, no. Clubhouse is really... It has fully taken over. But I'm not going to lie to you. I think there's crack in it. There has to be I crack think there's in crack. It. Is it crack? <laughs> it must be. Because what? I just think that... there. To me, it's like fully my bag. Because like... 
I love having conversations mm. and it's like a live get what you can podcast thing. Mm-hmm. So whenever I do get on stage in certain conversations or if I start a room, it's wonderful. And I started a room the other day where I was doing tarot readings. Oh, yes. And that was um, amazing. That was a good room. I was thinking because I, I I think I joined when like midway through or whatever. I was yeah. thinking, you know, you give so much attention to each listener. Let's call them that. Yeah. And I think to myself, how taxing must that be? Because it's a lot of information you're giving to each person. You know, it fucked me up. It fucked me up. Mm. And especially since I only went on there to warm up because I was actually going to go to the studio to do uh, the pick a pile readings, have a stretch because I'd been running, which is why I didn't run today because... You know, I'm still in the throes of my menstrual cycle and I just feel depleted. But I know that it's because I was irresponsible in what I went to go and do there. Like I knew that I needed to kind of conserve my energy. I needed to go and have a stretch. I did not end up stretching because I was like, I'm just going to go on Clubhouse, warm up my channeling kind of... um, warm up my channeling for the day and do like a flash reading for everyone. Only be on there for 20 minutes. I think I was on there for two hours. Yeah, just over. Yeah. And... It was great. I I'm, I was so glad to be able to give to people in that way, but it was very irresponsible for me because I hadn't, I knew I had things, other things I had to do in my day. And I knew that my energy was depleted because then I went to Morrison's afterwards, um, the supermarket for you man who don't know who live across the pond or across the world, uh, because Spotify wrapped up told me where all of you live and it's wonderful, <laughs> not your literal homes. But um, anyway, so um, I went to Morrison's and I went to go and do a quick shop and I bought a pack of jammy dodgers and I boxed off the jammy dodgers like and i wouldn't even usually eat that but it's because i was so like my energy was so low Mm. and then my back i had excruciating pain in my lower back for then the rest of the evening um just because you know i was taking from energy that i didn't actually have Mm. to give but i was still very very honored and very very pleased to be able to do that for people in that space especially because the room was blackety black black and i was able to channel messages Mm -hmm. for so many people and for them to appreciate the accuracy as well that really touched me yes Yes. yeah because i think i think that's always the best feedback you know like wow that i needed to hear that yeah i love when everyone says that i needed to hear that because Mm. it's like you know you could tell it really resonates. But yeah, no, I think you should, you know, with Clubhouse, you know, having been on it for a couple of weeks now, I think, you know, people need to take more time into how they're moderating, into how they're, into kind of what topics they want to explore. And I think this, what, you, what you're doing there with the tarot is kind of helpful because you don't need 10 people on the stage. Mm-mm. You bring one person on the stage or two people on stage, tell you what you need to know, you move back down. Do you get what I mean? Mm. It's a very controlled kind of conversation mm. as opposed to some of these conversations I'm hearing where they're just screaming and shouting at each other. Yeah, yeah. So. No, I just wanted something because I feel like the energy on there, as with anywhere, can be rather like toxic for want of a better word mm. sometimes. And I just wanted something that kind of gave people back their power or reminded people of their power because the power hadn't gone away, but just reminded them of their power and reminded them, um, you know, just kind of reset the energy of the app, you know? And mm. I think that for a lot of people, it did that. Some people said that the the messages that I brought through rattled them. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, um, out of love, I, I finished their reading like the next day to kind of give them the whole thing because... Sometimes it catches people on guard because they're never expecting for it to be spot on. Yes. So when it's spot on, they're like, what the fuck? 
It's like, like who is this lady? Yes, like, and why is my from? business on Front Street? Right. You know, in front of hundreds of people in this <laughs> yeah, lady's room. Yes. Now. And so I appreciate that people like, for instance, Oloni and Tony Tone, like they were in the room mm. as well. And they were going to Twitter to say like such positive things about it. So uh, because I feel like we just should have that space for people to explore their spirituality and not be locked in the dogma in, in some regards of Abrahamic religions um, and just have you could just take f- from everything what you want, yes. you know, and not be locked in. And I was so glad that so many people wanted a reading because if you saw like the number of people that had raised their hands to want to come on stage to i just i knew i could not do any more so um yeah uh i had to limit it yeah yeah i totally get it and just on that point about the whole toxic thing i was actually i thought about the other day and i was actually quite concerned that it's only you know as a community we've only kind of been on this app altogether maybe less than a month three weeks to about a month Mm -hmm. and we're all now complaining about how toxic it is i think it's just it's it's and I like that it's now on Clubhouse because Clubhouse is a new app. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like we can say that there's a precedent that we were we were all we're all now following on like the app. Twitter. Like yeah. Twitter. Yeah. You know, if if we if we can be on this app for three weeks and it's as toxic as we're all complaining about, fam, we're toxic, you know. Yeah. We're all to- we like well not me personally, but yeah. <laughs> you guys need to work on that toxicity, Jeff definitely. But it just goes to show the deep trauma of the black community Correct. globally. Correct. And that's really what it is. Correct. It's a trauma um based response to how and and that's what people are expressing on these apps the symptoms of trauma mm-hmm. and that's what people are finding so toxic toxic because it's unprocessed trauma it's uh, you know some people it's unchecked un- they're unaware that mm-hmm. that's what they're bringing forward and so those who are are trying to combat it are trying to talk talk about it and then things are just looking mad so i appreciate the space to kind of be able to share what i've what i'm learning so far and be able to like bring it forward and um hopefully just do my bit to kind of break the stigmas around um spirituality across the board and just let um black people specifically know like you've got access to so many ways of connecting with your own divinity like don't block yourself off because um of fear of fear of being ostracized by your 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 community you have to go on that journey yourself because you came into this world by yourself yep. you know well through somebody but you know you came by yourself so yeah so that that's really what i wanted to kind of bring to it but on that topic then i think i'll get into um i think i'll, I'll just move the mic a bit so the, in, on that topic i'll get into the reading for this week and um the tarot reading the t- the intention that i set for this week's message was just like general advice for how we um move forward in society like how how do we move forward with how where we're finding ourselves so far um and i'd say specifically about love as well because so many people are feeling hurt um on a very deep level at the moment whether they realize it or not and where where do people go from here and the first card that came out is the lovers card and so I'm using the black and gold tarot deck that I bought. So the first card that came out is the lover's card, uh, which tells me that this is a time um, of realignment for so many people. This is a time of really, really um, interrogating what it is that we want and need from um ourselves and from society so we know i think from december 21st i think it is or maybe slightly before that but i think that's when it is we have the great conjunction of saturn and jupiter in aquarius now we experienced um this conjunction i think in certain regards um very briefly between march and july 
re- remember what happened between March and July, yeah, of this year, how it seemed surreal. It was like we were in a dream state because so much change was happening so quickly. And it was because the people then were demanding that change. It was like, I'm not standing for this shit anymore. I'm just not doing it. So we're going to have that same conjunction again for longer in Aquarius this time from um, mid or to the going to the end of December. So that means that when we enter into 2021, there is going to be change that we have never, ever imagined possible. But it's also probably going to mean that transportation wise, some things are going to slow down um, a lot or we're just going to be introduced to a new way of traveling that we hadn't thought of before or like new kind of regulations about how we how we move um or and how we mobilize and things like that and i think that that is for our personal lives as well like some of us are going to find that the ways that we've been um accustomed to moving through the world isn't going to be available anymore and we've got to tap into other talents and that is part of all of this it's reminding us that it's a redirection back to self. It's reminding us that we have so, so many skills that we were probably unaware of or unwilling to use that it's now been called forward because this is the time that so many of us, especially if you're around my age, um, this is the time that we've been waiting for. And so this is the time now to act. It's not saying that necessarily, I don't know, you'll go and run for, um, to become a politician or anything like that, but you are going to be asked to step up in your day-to-day life in a way that you've never really thought that you'd need to step up before. But it's because things are changing with or without you and you're going to need to get with the programme. So I even think about you, Sadiq, in that regard, like before lockdown, you were umming and ahhing about ever coming on the podcast, but it's like you were being, you know, that it happened and you were like, okay, I'll consider it now because I don't really have much else to do. I know Mm -hmm. that I'm working from home, but I don't have much else to do, but it was opening you up to using your throat chakra, you know, exercising your opinions and putting them on a public space because it's about, you know, I guess, moving into a new arena of your life where you're taking all of the skills that you've already cultivated from doing different things, plus this, because you're being called to to step up in a, a, you know, and show up in a different way. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, we see that the next card is the Ace of Pentacles. It's saying that this is the brilliant step towards our success. It's a brilliant step to what we have been... um, called to to do at this time and that you know some people are scared of stepping out and following what their heart's desires are no matter how random it may be or even if you're not sure what those desires are but just feeling a very vague calling to do something other than what you are doing and then sometimes you hold back because you're just like oh what if it fucks up my bag like what what, how am I going to be able to financially sustain myself if I go out on this um you know on this tangent but this is uh, assuring you that that is exactly what you are meant to do because you will be provided for like literally God will provide for you as you go towards the thing that that you're being called towards no matter how um vague or confusing um or uncertain it might seem that is where you're meant to go and the reason you're meant to go there is because eight of swords is the card that we get you're meant to be able to help people come out of their denial so many people are in denial about the experience that they are having in this realm they are in denial they want to they want to remain numb they want to be able to almost be like zombies just like going through the whole process for of um being dead while awake to then being really really dead you know like they don't want to, to to fully experience what it is they came here to um 
to experience really and it's also about not being in denial yourself about the power that you actually hold because it's easy to exist you know there's that who i've forgotten the the oh come to me i'm sure as soon as we finish recording but the um the saying the, or the um this the poem that says like the, our real fear isn't that we're not powerful is that we're powerful beyond measure what does it mean then when you are accountable for the just how powerful you are it's easier to believe that you're not powerful therefore you don't have to do anything and you can just exist where you are and be like oh well sorry can't help you with that but if you know that you are powerful beyond measure and then you still don't help what does that say about you and it's scary but you know it's about time to take off that blindfold because we see that in the eight of swords they put their own blindfold around their head because it's fucking loose and they tied themselves up because the 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 rope is just useless and also the swords that surround them there's clearly a pathway through there's clearly a pathway through and they're not taking it we see the um the the mountain or the hillside behind them where homes are or castle is behind them so they know they're turning their back on what they know that they should be ruling over and what they should be leading because it's like oh no 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 i'm just in denial over here i i I don't i don't want to do this i don't need to do this somebody else will do it and you're right you know there are certain people that could possibly do what you are doing but at the same time they're not going to do it how you do it and that's exactly why you've been given these specific gifts because you're meant to do it exactly how you do it and it's the and and that's what you're being called to so from the arcana deck um from the oracle uh, the arcana oracle deck we get famine do not pick up what is discarded it goes on to say a famine is by definition an extreme scarcity when this card is selected you may be going through a period of feeling like you're low on a plethora of things spirit energy motivation finances love appreciation etc however it also suggests you are comfortable comfortable living in poverty and while you are discontented with this reality you are powerless to do anything about um, feeling left out in the cold when it comes to abundance it suggests that you have become accustomed to going without so you just take what you can get as if that's as good as it will get and that needs to be remedied signs you may feel like you're not living up to your potential is discomfort with going through the motions of waking laying dormant sleeping and starting the process all over again if you take a um, a look at the idea of reciprocity and the pendulum effect it suggests you ought to give what you need in return if you want more financial abundance don't hold on to your dollars like you'll never see them again if you want love don't shut people out before you give them a chance to show their intentions and I just feel like that, that is a motherfucking word, it's exactly what we've been saying, like, some, we, some people have been so comfortable, so comfortable living in, 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 in spiritual poverty, like, believing that they have nothing, so they're happy to just go through the motions, and it's like, oh, I'm fine with this, but some of you will also have felt like life has really done what's what's with you this year, and it's done that, because you, you're being shaken awake, you're being shaken awake, you, you, um, you can't continue to be in this slumber anymore. We've already sung that Lauren Hill song. But, you know, you can't continue to exist in that space anymore. You're being shaken awake because you've got work to do. At the bottom of the deck, actually, of the black and gold deck, of where I've just pulled... Everything's black and gold today. Black and gold, black and gold. Um, If you're not really here, then the stars don't even matter. And that is a word. If you're not here none of this actually matters because you are you are made of the same thing that the stars everything that you see around you you're made of the same god stuff 
So you need to use the, the fact that you are being, your composition, your spiritual composition is needed in the alchemical process, uh, process of this time for us to have the change that we need because astrologically everything else is aligning. And so this is the perfect time to do and make the changes that need to be made. And um, at the bottom of the deck is the Empress card literally you're helping to birth a new world you're literally here to help birth um, a, a process that is necessary for all of us as children of the divine you are you are here to help birth that process you cannot r refuse to do it's like imagine a, um um somebody's pregnant right and um the the baby's ready to come out and they're like no <laughs> it's not coming out of me sorry about that fam, the, the baby has to come out and the, and your body will do what it needs to do with contractions and everything else to get that baby out. You are not going to be in control of that process. Like the baby has to now come out because it has had the time um, of incubation to grow and, you know, to gestate and all of that. Like it's now ready to come out. And this is what we've been told, whether you like it or not, the process is going to happen of a new world being birthed. Do you want to be part of it or not? But even if you don't want to be a part of it, you still are. You you literally still are a part of the process. So you're going to have to, you know, pattern up, basically. And then the next card from the Wisdom of the Oracle deck is number 21. Clean it up. I'm just going to see what it says here for 21. Um, here we go. It says here... Uh, ever feel so bogged down with emotional gunk that you can't think straight? Could you be surrounded by physical clutter in your home also? Too much work? Overwhelmed? Time to clean the house. Every item out of place um, natters away at you. Every unresolved resentment, every comparison to others that leads to a sense of lack takes up energetic space. Every unpaid bill gets um, just adds up to an unnecessarily feeling um of being overwhelmed. Now is the time to free yourself by energetically cleaning house. Just do it. Make room for the miracles that are lining up for you. Exactly, the lover's card. Um, the relationship message here is time to clear the air. Take a look at your side of the street and say what's on your mind. Sweep away the old stuff so that a spring breeze can flow through with new energy. It's the perfect time to do an inventory of your dynamics and see what's yours and what's not yours to clean up the relationship. Everyone brings some baggage. Sort through what you brought with you and let go of what is no longer needed. Become unencumbered and your relationship will flourish. Prosperity message. Simple things like opening your mail, paying your bills, sorting out your timetable, making lists and getting organised is what this symbol means when it comes to your work. Make time for yourself too. This card is a sign you may be overburdened and overwhelmed. It's okay to say no. You'll prosper even more if you do. Protection message. It is, po is it possible you may be focusing too much on other people right now? Trying too hard to be helpful. Does, um, does taking on what belongs to others make you feel needed or desired? Perhaps you think it's your calling to relieve people of their burdens, but what is it, the cost to you and to them? Don't clean up someone else's side of the street. You're not helping by freeing him or her of responsibility. You're also not doing yourself any favours and you just need to be, um, and you might just be adding an even greater strain. You are loved um, as you are, you don't need to be needed to be loved. Who? That is a word. 
that is a word how many of us go about um putting ourselves in situations where um to be needed and also that to be needed as a form of control if you grew up um in a space of trauma um where you felt like you had very little control um so you needed to fix things as a way to feel like you were in control you also then go towards um in your adult life you gravitate towards situations where you go to fix as a form of controlling your environment right and so you go towards people that need to be fixed or you believe that you they need to be fixed and maybe they believe that too and so that's you have um, positioned yourself in a space of being needed but being needed is very much different from from being loved and you then realize that over and over in the, um in these situations and then you feel resentment because it's like i know that they don't i don't feel like they love me um i just feel like they need me i want to I want to be wanted and loved, you know? So noticing those dynamics, noticing how you go to seek them out and um, doing the work to unlearn and to um, to address those dynamics means that then it's painful. It's a pa painful process for all of us to kind of realise that you've crafted a personality out of being needed, out of being the one that comes to save the day, but there's nobody to save you. You know, that's an inner child calling out for, I, you know, I want to be able to um, dictate how everything works around me so nobody can hurt me. But then we just go on choosing people that then do the hurt even more. And we go on to hurt ourselves because that's also self-neglect, you know, by focusing so much on other people. If I look after other people, I look after them to the point that they're okay, they'll come back to look after me. More time they don't, they just continue on. And then they're shocked when suddenly you go, oh, I don't want to do this dynamic anymore. But you can't change the roles of people in the play that you've already cast, you know. So we have to look at that. What kind of plays, what kind of characters are we writing into the play of our life? So that's the tarot message. Whew. A word. <laughs> a, a sermon. <laughs> I feel like my deck changes every week. I think it was the black and gold last week. But today, this week, it was the arcana for me. That that resonated. Yeah, it was the account. Well, main like mostly. Yeah. Yeah, it was the it was the account for me because I think I I like you know I was telling you that I've been doing some aggressive saving lately and I just yeah. feel like I don't want to touch it. I don't, yeah. I feel like I'm saving and I don't know what for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you know just that 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 part about you know, fam, spend the money wisely, anyways. Wisely, yeah. And it will come back tenfold. Yeah. So I'm just like, all right, cool, fair enough. I hear you, spirit. Typical how your love of money actually just blows my mind because in all of that message, oh, you were like, I, they're not talking to me about building a new world. No, they I'm just dead. told me to buy the Balenciagas. That is I'm what dead. I heard from that conversation. Ooh. No, I'm thinking more house. Don't worry. I'm thinking more house. Okay. I'm thinking more responsible things. But okay. no, even with that, I feel like, just like you were saying, 2020 has been such a terrible year that like no i need some treats i, need, yeah, to, I yeah. need to know when to obviously stop treating myself because even with christmas i'm like okay this is my christmas present this is my christmas present oh you only need one christmas present. <laughs> do you know what i mean so i need to chill so it's just about kind of, kind of finding that balance as always yeah no that's true that's true anyway so we'll be right back i'm just going to big up our show sponsors one of our show sponsors this week who is expressvpn be right back so it's December, December, which means that we are officially watching Christmas movies. I mean, I know some of you man started before, so I, d I don't know for you, but you know, it's been a hard year, so you could do what you want, really. But if you go to Netflix and discover your favourite Christmas movie isn't available, like what do you do? Obviously, you're going to get vexed. So 
Um, you can use ExpressVPN to watch any Netflix library in the world, like literally in the world. So I used it to watch Gremlins, which is really only available on French Netflix. Now you might be like, rah, Gremlins isn't even a Christmas movie to me, but to me it is. I love Gremlins. I, I really, really love Gremlins. But if you have a Christmas movie that, for instance, isn't on your um, your country's Netflix, you can just use ExpressVPN. Pretend like you're somewhere else because ExpressVPN will help these um, sites and apps think that you're in, a, you know, their country and you can watch whatever you want to watch. Um, and you all you have to do is hit one button, change your location, refresh Netflix, and that's it. Um and I just think that that's wonderful. And of course, it's not just Netflix. Like Express Beef, um, ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Disney Plus, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, you know, you name it, you can watch whatever you want. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but I use ExpressVPN to watch movies and shows because it's ridiculously fast. There's hardly any buffering, never any buffering, and you can always stream in HD. So Express um, ExpressVPN works with all your devices, including phones, tablets, media consoles, smart TVs, so you can use it to watch whatever you want on the go or on the big screen. So if you visit my special link right now, expressvpn.com um, slash straws, that's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash straws, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. So support the show, watch what you want and get your holiday fix at expressvpn.com slash straws. Go and get your life and watch gremlins like me. Okay, let's get on to Share Your Magnificence. So first on this week's Share Your Magnificence, I'm talking to one of our baby girls. One of our baby girls who listens to um, the podcast, Big Up Yourself, Somalia Seaton, Two Slaps on Your Chest. You've created an incredible piece of work with your short film, called a response to your message um and it's the film is a response to the resurgence of the black lives matter protests and it features a letter from somalia um that written by somalia and it's read by suzanne wakoma who's also a baby girl we've seen her in chewing gum we've seen her in year of the rabbit suzanne is just out here doing bits doing bobs um and the letter is basically to all those white friends and colleagues who got in touch with somalia in the wake of george floyd's death and it will be um it, well it it's now premiering on um channel four before being made available on um being made available online so what i've done is i've added a link to the captions of the um, to the caption of this episode so you can go and watch the film and support somalia it's about um it's about 11 minutes long so definitely go and check it out it's an experimental film it's a ritual film it's exploring the many depictions of black women um existing freely engaged in joy they're dancing running relaxing moving existing like just generally reclaiming space and um it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful so i just wanted you to enjoy my conversation with somalia about this um film how it came about for her and you know the energy the spirit uh, the love that she put into it and um yeah i just want all of you to get your life so i'm gonna cut to somalia now enjoy yeah yeah good good, I'm good recording. Morning. Recording now. morning so it's early for you it is it is actually it's afternoon isn't it though yeah yeah. <laughs> um, and I just rushed my desk so I could get on time for once okay. this week. <laughs> no, life is what life is. We're all just we're just doing the best we can. We are, you know, 
we really really are and when i was thinking um last night about having the privilege and the joy to talk to you and Likewise. lay eyes on you yeah i was like oh i feel a bit emotional so i was like <laughs> i need to get i need to on on a level on a serious level and it's an emotional week anyway but i genuinely was like i feel um sensations <laughs> rising in my body and i don't know exactly what that is but i just feel i feel really grateful to be sharing space with you and to be talking with you specifically about this project um so thank you no thank you and i think that you know somalia it's a it's a wonderful uh, project that you've put together here because i think that this is the thing sometimes with black women like they see something happening and they're like mm, i need to uh, i need to create um i need to do something with this i need to do something with this energy um mm -hmm. and with what i'm seeing so a response to your message this being like they're saying it's like your debut film and you've gone out there and you've put this together and the the premise is like um it says here that the the film is a response to the white guilt that found its way into the inboxes of so of many um already fatigued black people during the rise of racial tensions we saw across the globe this summer in the wake of the murders of Breonna Taylor, George Floyd and many others. Now that struck me before I even watched the film because I said, "Whoa, I am exhausted." And you know, I've mentioned it on the podcast before of just being tired of how people saw something like that and they were like, mm, no, I need more. I need more from you. I, I need more from you. And to be able to respond in your own way, um, I think it's glorious. I think it's powerful. But um, what were the initial feelings before you were like, boom, I'm going to, I'm going to make a film before that. What, what was the initial feeling when you saw dun -dun -dun, dun -dun -dun, dun -dun, and it all started creeping in with their white guilt? The only way that I can honestly answer that is to say, that what I've come to understand about some of my patterns through therapy and through my own spiritual journey is that I am a master at disassociating from mass amounts of trauma. Mm -hmm. So I recognized that pattern creeping in during that time. I noticed that I was having, I, I know my body so I could recognize it happening in my body. So that's the first thing that was going on. It was like um, like a little bit like being frozen. Mm. So as those messages were coming in, I was like, okay, this is a really interesting response that I'm having in this initial, like I had, I genuinely had an inability to respond to those messages. Mm. In fact, that language is kind of redundant. It's not even an inability. It's, it's probably a lot more rooted and grounded in that. It was, I had no business responding. Oof messages mm. Mm. and and I was I was being guided quite loudly and rudely <laughs> <laughs> not to not to respond and um and then every now and again I would creep into like old patterns of behavior where I would kind of placate if that's the right word mm -hmm. those moments so I would like accent it with something light and I would recognize that part of me and I'm like that doesn't sit true to who I am. That feels like a very young version of me that mm. is sleeping into a caretaker mode. Mm. And um, it just wasn't sustainable. So I guess I just had like so many different like complex reactions to that stuff. And for me, I must say, because in some of the 
maybe some of the interviews I've given and also just what's been written up, it kind of reads like I wrote this letter because of uh, friends and colleagues coming into my inbox. But the truth of the matter is that what really got me to write this was noticing silence from people Mm. that profess to love me and use terms like sister and sisterhood and family. And I kind of relate that to blood family members watching as another family member is abused and Mm. not commenting on it. That's how it landed for me. And I couldn't kind of make sense of that. And then the shame kind of came in for me where I was a bit like, what does that say about me? Because one of the things I have always kind of prided myself on, which is wild in and of itself, but it is what it is, is being careful with the type of white relationships I keep Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. being wise about the kind of white relationships I keep. And so I've had an opinion of myself that I don't have regressive white people around me mm-hmm. and, and so to suddenly be faced this summer with an example for me the silence was just so violent in mm-hmm. some aspects and also see some of my friends come to me and just want to carry on with other business how is it being in New York oh my god New York must be so Piss amazing off. I was so vexed because I had a lot of projection coming at me at that time like oh my god it must be so amazing to be in America what are you doing there all these great things and it's like okay first of all you don't know my circumstances yes I'm great but also why is that where we're going with this conversation actually outside my window I see people risking their lives during COVID to protest That's immediately outside my window so when you hit me up about talking about New York how about we talk up we start there let's mm. not start with this romanticized uh assumption and also I think I it, I'm rambling now but like I think mm. it was like I realized in those moments and I've known before but I seems like a safe space for them to come and do small talk and because I talk about joy a lot and they were interacting with the joy I was posting on my socials at that time, I felt like they they felt like it was relief for them. And I couldn't consolidate that. Um, and yeah, so that happened. I also, um, I stopped talking to people. So I just went silent with certain white people in my life, um, whether it's my friends, two of my bridesmaids at my wedding, like um, I didn't talk to them. And and then someone else, another um, human that I shared memories with that will no longer be referred to as a friend. Um, I didn't speak with her and some others. And the three of them received a message from me after I I wrote this letter that is in in the film. Um, I think like in September, I was ready to speak. Like my language had had grounded down into me. Mm -hmm. And I wrote this letter. uh, this this message to all three of them um and two of them I could see had really relished in the space that we had from each other over those last three months mm-hmm. and the messages that they wrote they don't get cookies for this they also don't desire or need or request cookies for this but the messages that they responded with were appropriate mm-hmm. and were beyond any expectation that I had and really set a new precedence for the standards that white people that are in in black people's lives should should meet mm. at the bare minimum. And the third person 
wrote me back first of all their family member wrote me the most emotionally violent message Oof. I've ever received and then I I was driving I was going on a long 10-hour drive and every time we stopped I was frantically responding to the friend whose sister had started off by sending that message but then she it was just so violent it's so mm. violent you know there was so much in um those messages that played on all of the subconscious anxieties I had around sharing my truth with that particular person. You know, I, they oh God, I, do you know what? I should stop there with that because otherwise I'll be going into the message and the messages are um, beyond anything. Um, but so anyway. Yeah, we can imagine. And this is the thing. I think that um, as the community, as the um, SYM community, we can imagine, a lot of us can imagine the violence that was in those messages because they'll be cloaked in confusion. They'll be cloaked in projection. They'll be cloaked in displacement. Like we've we've, um, identified it in the workplace. We've either identified it in society as a whole. But when it gets into friendships, people that you have allowed yourself to be vulnerable with, it's Mm -hmm. almost magnified because then they'll take some of the things that they know and then they'll uh, it'll be warped and given mm-hmm. back to you like what that is what you saw the entire time what the, what the hell is this yeah. and so it's one of those things that then what we tend to do is then turn that um violence inwards and like rah how could i trust such an op like how did i get to the yes. point where i ended up trusting such an op but no but that is not what then we do because what you do is what you've done where you gave us a film not that everybody has to go and um, through the same channel but there has to be a way that we transmute Mm-hmm. that energy from the fuckery that they're trying to do because there's no other terminology for it no, apart from you no. know violence slash fuckery that they're trying to do we take that transmute it into something else and what you gave us was beauty what you gave us was um a calling back you know a, a calling back a, a, a beautiful sort of um calling back to ourselves you know so i love that we see these black women um in in woodland within they're in nature reminding us of the natural place the natural rhythm of black womanhood however it manifests mm-hmm. um and so when you were thinking about spacing when you were thinking about the language and the writing what drew you to that what drew you to the people what drew you to the scenery what drew, what brought that together mm. um so i had this um narrative in my head that um it's not even narrative it's what I think it was the it was my healing journey which is that when you when we get still um when we do whatever it whatever our rituals are whatever our practices are to listen to that voice within to listen to your guides to listen to your young girl um they will never fail you that's my theory and that's my belief and so how I depict that in the film is that we have these omnipresent young black girls mm-hmm. that got, that that contact um, they contact the adult woman that exists within them and calls her out into the wilderness mm-hmm. to go reconnect with the parts of herself that she has buried deep down in the soil so that she can survive the violence of white spaces in the West. And that was it for me. It was, imagine if all black women had the right and the space 
to get still and to connect in with that and to go and collect those parts that they've left outside of, uh, of rooms, of relationships and all of that. Then they would be able, we would be able to connect into that sovereign of ours, that joy of ours, that peace. And yeah, and so um, it was really important that that was in the wild, like that was in the wilderness. And, and you know, in the film, we're in woodlands, but the ambition of the piece is that we wander into this enchanted forest mm. and we wander into a clearing in this enchanted forest and we dig through the soil and we find the box which contains us that we've kept away and that process for me is really just an artistic I guess um, depiction of what I think a lot of our spiritual journey is that we have to get rid of the debris and the noise and all of the external lessons that we have to spend a lifetime unlearning. And we can get to the root and ground our feet in the soil and we will find ourselves there and we will hear our ancestors in that space. And they will guide us into a space that isn't about us existing in this world, suffering and enduring and carrying men black men white people and all of the violence in the world on our shoulders instead we can we can we can center ourselves and we can reconnect with the power and um and that was my ambition for it and and you know this short film in a lot of way and watching it and and being so humbled by how it's been received it it just kind of amplifies to me that i'm not done with it yet Mm. that that there's you know there's just a bigger film that realizes the full ambition of what I wanted and the full kind of offering of this piece that's Um, definitely what I saw in it I saw it almost as an introduction um to a larger bigger project um exploring even the uh, the different characters that we come across the different women the different the girls that, that we come across um and where they go from here how they got here where they go from here mm. I, like how they even found the 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 enchanted forest because mm. the enchanted forest all the time exists within us because yes. we are so magical right but that it's some people because of the way that they've been brought up and I think that they're blessed slash you know lucky whatever you want to call it they've had family that's almost helped them foster um and remember they've kept that map intact for them to access that enchanted forest where for some of us family members maybe lost that map as a case of survival they buried it deep they didn't even know how you know how best to um kind of help us to get there but somehow we found it somehow we found the clearing but then finding the clearing is different to actually then exploring the enchanted forest because so many of us stand um at the precipice like we stand in in that sort of um pathway looking knowing that there's something to discover there reminds me of the moon card in tarot knowing that there's something to discover in that enchanted forest but being too scared because there are no rules there and exactly. actually, the reason that there are no rules is because um, it would dismantle patriarchy. It would dismantle white supremacy if we went, delved into there because our power, like you say, our joy, everything that's um, inextricably linked is waiting for us there. So I just think that that is conveyed through the words beautifully read by um, um, narrated by Susan Wakoma. 
Mm. and just and beautifully depicted by all of the cast um you know the words that you put forward i think is just wonderful and they call it you call it a ritual film which i think that that's what it is um what other rituals in your life the the daily the monthly what are the rituals in your life that you hold dear salt baths yes um herb baths um journaling Mm. um journaling first thing in the morning before I'm fully awake like I call it the space between um, sleep and awake I know there's a more eloquent way of saying it but I like (laughs) that and um and um recently tarot so Mm. putting cards um and meditating when I can sometimes I want it sometimes I don't but what has really come to the forefront as a ritual for me this year has been dancing like dancing as a real and actually it was the original kind of seed of this of this film was actually what I wanted was to have I just wanted to see us dancing so Mm. that's the first thing I knew I was like I've got this letter but actually what I want to see is black women dancing and shedding and and shaking the like outside debris like you know it's a real Mm. process I mean physiologically it's you know it's science but Mm. also ritual and on the spiritual level man it's just I mean I'm 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 preaching to the converted like it's just a really really integral has been such an integral um tool for me and ritual for me over the last five six months um but really it's whatever gets me still at the moment as well like um, it's taken me a while to find the spaces that bring me uh, peace where I've moved to. But at home, I was always in the woods. Like I would be at home, like I would be in the, the park and the woodlands at the back and, and allow myself space to, to roam. And I first discovered that and that first became a ritual and a practice for me when my grandma died, like 20 2014. And, I, and I'd been living by this park my, like, since I was 14 years old. And I did not know, Kalechi, that there were woods at the back of it. I did it. And, and for me, that's so symbolic, you know. Mm, and mm. and my grandma dies and I just, I can't remember what got me out of the house that, that day. But I had to get away from everyone and I wandered. And as I wandered through the park, I found the woods. Mm. And I found this... Um, this space of bluebells and stuff. And I just started crying. And I say all of this to say, because it, it was the first time that I realized how magical nature was and how healing it was. Mm. Um, and to be by a tree, to watch like water, like streaming, like all of that stuff brings us back, as you've already said, like to our, it brings us back to ourselves and it brings us back to our essence. So walking in nature, being with my ancestors in tarot, mm. journaling, which for me is also a form of channeling mm. and um, whatever brings me stillness. And what I've had to really learn is that I'm not going to want to do any, uh, all of those every day. And that has mm-hmm. to be okay. And mm-hmm. that I always know the thing that I need day to day. Yes. Um, and that, that is a form of unlearning for me because, you know, old patterns kind of found its way into my kind of, 
my rituals and my practices by like being overcritical. So I'd be like, oh, you're not meditating every day. Well, you're not good at that. Or you're not committed. You know, you're not committed with that if you're not Mm -hmm. doing all of these things. And all of those things are a lie. They're a complete untruth. Mm -hmm. Um, So that in and of itself has become part of my practice, like allowing myself space to just respond. Mm. Uh, Yeah. I think it's such a beautiful way that you describe it, especially after you mentioned like your grandma passing and stuff. And for me, that's like your grandma calling you to the woods because you discovering that you've been able to find that um, space of solace that um, led to this, led to this creative project. And I believe that our ancestors are always guiding us um, along the path as long as we're willing to listen. Sometimes even when we're not listen- willing to listen, they drag us there you exactly. know, as well. And so... Um, I have the same experience with water. I've never really been like a massive um, swimmer or anything like that. But then and when I was pregnant with um, Lev, I was like, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to get a black woman as a swim teacher. And I'm just going to swim and swim and swim. Mm-hmm. But before that, I, um, I moved to Bermondsey from Peckham. And um, so I'm very, very close to the River Thames now. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't put my finger on what the urge was to just constantly be by the water like I'd always want to be by the water anything was happening I want to be by the water I go running I want to be by the water and I just thought "Mm." but I've never really considered myself to be a water person so this is rather interesting but then now I understand and I look at all of the moments in my life over the past like five years and how energetically my life has shifted and why I'd been called to the water like why I needed to be closer to there so to me it mirrors um with your calling to the woodland like we're being called back to nature to understand that we need to um harness and hone the same power that exists there exists within us we are made of the same things but to harness that and and almost become vessels for other people to be able to understand what's what's largely at play and I feel like that's what comes across in your film um through the words through the imagery through through a music like you've being able to tap into that visceral um, space, that that joy that we should all be able to access. Um, almost, uh, to me, in some regards, it also even feels like a call to arms. Like, mm. black women, wake up. Like, come on, come on, come on. Because no longer are you, are we lying down and just like, oh, yeah, you know what? This is what life is going to do and we're just going to endure. No, we're, you know, we're getting on with it. And so I commend you for giving us something so beautiful um and you mentioned it being something that you're thinking of well that it struck you as being part of a larger project where do you want to go with this now because people will watch this and probably want to know what's happening next Mm, I'd love to know what's happening next but what (laughs) I would what my ambition and my intention would be is to create a longer form for film Mm -hmm. and um to have the budget and the space and the resources to be able um to expand on on its mission so I would want to make a feature of it at some point Mm. um or just just the crux of um the real kind of heart of what this film is Mm. to make that into a larger project for sure um so we'll see we'll see what happens with it Mm. um but in terms of the themes like these themes are kind of littered over <laughs> are trickled throughout a few of the projects that I'm working on because um I feel like in this cycle of my career my intention is to remind people to pay attention to the things that we cannot see 
that mm. we can fill. And so when I think about that, that isn't that kind of message is in at least four things that I'm writing. Amen. And it's it's so important to me in this cycle um, that that is what I am doing with my work. Mm. And um, and and it means I have the opportunity or I give myself the permission mm-hmm. to be even more selective with the tribe that the creative tribe that I assemble to work on my pieces with and that mm-hmm. it's not that other people are telling me who I'm working with it's that mm. I'm telling the institutions or the companies whatever that who I want to work with mm. and um and that was what was so great with this this project for me and not having not you know this being my debut so to speak as a director for screen mm. um that I for the most part, chose the creative team completely intuitively. Like, mm. and I'm so glad that I did, mm. especially because I've been working on this remotely. And so it was so important that I trusted the people that were, you know, physically on the ground. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Mm. That's wonderful. I'm so, I'm so, like, um in awe of it I loved it I I felt joyful upon watching it um certain bits I felt rage also while watching it and Mm. went on that journey of you know watching people be silent watching people be complicit um and to give us all of these performative actions about how they stand in solidarity when really they're trying to bring us to our knees you know so um it was it's really powerful and I know that um, people are already watching but you know the more people watch like uh, just the conversation okay. to be there for us to really respect and honor that that which we can't see is what propels us forward all the time and you know and to to really be aware of that but thank you so much Somalia thank you for just ah uh, for just being wonderful for for doing the work that you do thank you Kalechi and you and you man seriously <laughs> seriously seriously there's so much I could say <laughs> Honestly, honestly, I'm like, you don't need me to say this. I won't say it anyway. Um, <laughs> but when I think of you, first of all, I want you to know that this, this has nothing to do with our call, by the way. Oh, whoa. <laughs> okay. So on, on this wall, I, I think I was on a, there's a, there's a project, which I'll talk about after, but like, there's, anyway, I put your name down on my board. And this is, this is, this is the stuff that I do sometimes. I'm like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to be working with this person, but let me just put these names like, on my board. <laughs> um, so I was really, I was really excited when I knew I was going to talk to you. Um, but um, yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> you, what I adore about the space that you occupy by your own, with your own permission is that you don't require, in my my mm-hmm. opinion, mm-hmm. require anyone's validation for you to share your artistry and your, your like your heart and your mission with people. Mm-hmm. You've like bypassed all of those kind of rules to the point where the institutions now come to you. Amen. You don't need to go to the institutions. And I admire that and I'm so grateful for that and for your visibility with that because it's just so empowering. It's so empowering, even like 
being in institutions and having to sit and think, um, am I occupying this space as someone that has been validated by these spaces or am I occupying it as someone that has brought them to me? And having to sit and think about that has a lot to do with your visibility. And mm. I just, I appreciate you. And and the feeling is mutual. You know, when I saw that we could have this conversation together, I said, of course, like that, I'm all over that, definitely, because, you know, you're you're someone that I greatly respect. And I and I love that when we are able to use our artistry in ways to kind of, you know, like we're always talking about um, being subversive. Not every day can we scream and shout, but if we can put art out there that does that shouting for us, that does Mm. all of that for us then then that is where we go because I, I go into so many like forums you know when I'm on different apps or even on social media generally and so many black women are talking about being tired they're so tired mm. they're exhausted I've been saying it which is why I've you know stayed off socials as well like there's just this exhaustion and where is it coming from from giving to people who are not filling you back up so yes. again the same way that you mentioned about finding that kind of um group that community that you do your work with it's also like gravitating towards people that you know will replenish you um yes. from giving out so much and i and i see you as as that like it's 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 something that we all must do for each other if we are going to truly thrive yeah absolutely absolutely and I've just, I've, I've burnt out too many times to, mm. act like, I don't know better at this point. Yeah. Like, burnt out so many times. And, and I don't even, you know, I, I said, I, I can't remember who I was talking to recently when, about the film. And I was saying, like, we're so, we've been taught in so many ways, in so many spaces as Black women, that we must work hard and we must endure and persevere. And actually, for me, that's code for overexertion. Mm. That's code for slowly killing yourself. Mm. If you are giving out nonstop and you are making yourself the epicenter of everybody else's happiness and Mm. and protection, then, and you're not having that, like you say, like if that's not being replenished for you, that goes into our health. Like that, that leads to chronic ailments. Like that leads to uh, poor mental health hygiene, you know, and like, to have those lessons of overexertion, like from from really young, like seeing all the elder black women around you overexerting themselves, you just go and repeat that pattern. Mm. And outside world's not gonna protect you. Mm -hmm. Women protect black women, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the truth. And so, yeah, I just, yeah, whatever space I make, I want it to be one where we're nourishing each other. And sometimes I'm successful at that, other times I'm not, and I need to be pulled up. And I'm really thankful for the times that that does happen. Mm. But for the most part, my intention and my mission is that. um, Yeah, and likewise, I think that that's the same um, for me, just through putting out the things that I say, naturally you'll see the people who rock with you and the people who don't. And I'm very, always very surprised by how well the podcast does. Cause I'm just like, rather that many people feel similar because, you know, yeah. I've talked about it before where there's this kind of loneliness that I felt growing up. Cause I just kind of felt like, you know, I was almost out here in the wilderness, like yeah. saying things and, and, and having nobody there, but realizing that slowly, slowly I'm seeing that now other people are on crud too. Like we, by any means necessary, we'll, we'll be able to have that joy and enjoy it, enjoy it. Not, and I love the intergenerational aspect of the film as well, because it's not just like, we're just focused on one generation. Mm-hmm. 
it's, it's varied. And I think that that's important because like you said, we've grown up seeing our elders be the foundation of the entire familial kind of setup as well as the community as well. They're the foundation. Nobody's um, tending to the foundation and the foundation crumbles, tower card. Exactly. It starts to crumble yes. and everyone's like, ah, they'll go, ah, but then they'll go and build on another foundation. Yes. And then, and then we're just left there, you know, um, uh, just desolate. Exactly. You know, so it's uh, it's about knowing that, yeah, I guess to a certain degree, we've been blessed to be foundations, but being foundations that people um, are understanding that they must nurture mm-hmm. in order for for it to remain strong and for mm-hmm. it to be able to hold generations um, that that come after. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I just will be damned if I see <laughs> any more elders that are in my my space like just not cared for you know exactly or, yeah. or overexerting themselves so mm-hmm. um the kind of the transaction of like you know they teach us and then through our own work our generation's work we allow them space to heal and we yes. allow them space to unlearn is very much this you know I'm very aware of that right now Oh, um, thank you, Somalia. Yeah. Thank you. It's been thank a wonder, you. like chatting with you. I know it's yeah. early for you all the way in yeah. New York, New York. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> but, of, you know, course. You. <laughs> of course. No, it's thank you so, so much. Um, and yeah, I, I look forward to all of the feedback from everyone watching it. Thank you for that. Yes. Thank you. Big love. Big love. So, yeah, I hope that you enjoyed that interview is a true honor to speak with you Somalia thank you so much for being out there creating work and and sharing your heart and sharing your um, experience and and I feel like this is the energy you know for us to just be out there this year just creating things and expressing ourselves in the in the way that we deem fit about all that we happen to see so like I said um the link is in the captions for you to go and support the film watch the film and um it's it's short you know go and just enjoy you know enjoy go and see black women dancing living their best life and and hear the words hear the words that Somalia has written and directed and we just love to see it we fucking love to see it two slaps on your uh, your chest baby girl and so now let's um yeah let's go to a letter that we have so the letter um says it's titled share your magnificence it says my nomination for Share Your Magnificence this week is Sadiq. No way. <laughs> <laughs> None. <laughs> Can't believe I hadn't thought to write in as I've thoroughly enjoyed his presence on this podcast. And honestly, I really didn't actually know I could enjoy the podcast more until Sadiq joined. Not only do I laugh with my whole chest, but I just love the dynamic between the pair of you. As someone who doesn't necessarily get on with her siblings, it makes my heart melt listening to you guys week in, week out. The added value is like no other and the genuine laughter by Kalechi as a result of you, Sadiq, um, really does make me genuinely smile. My personal favourite is getting the songs wrong as I literally get them wrong every single week. So it makes me happy that it isn't just me. (laughs) Honestly, you two are my absolute fave. There is no other duo or dynamic on any podcast this effortlessly natural whilst being hilarious, informative and educational. And I listen to over 10 podcasts a week. (laughs) 
Oh, wow. Thank you for your presence in my life. Kelechi, you don't know how um, you have actually instilled confidence in a baby girl. And having Sadiq on has um, only enhanced the presence of the podcast in my life. Wishing you both a very Merry Christmas. Yes, I know it's early, but still a winter. Uh, P.S. Vegetarianism is definitely calling you both. Sadiq, we're ready to welcome you to our side. Just think of all the tasty cauliflower and tofu. Um, I wrote this before completing... This is a next email. I wrote this before completing this week's episode. Sadiq is bloody hilarious. Before it, before it was just cats. It's cats being racist to us. The whole segment was beyond funny. I was actually cackling to the point I got told off for being too loud. So I had come back to um, come back and just share, um, had to come back and share this again. Honestly, cannot wait till I see you both live. Thanks again, Winter. I don't even know what to say. I think, I think what's happened now is that there's an agenda out there where it's like, you guys want Sadiq to cry on the podcast. Because... Damn, thank you so much. I'm so glad it didn't end on the vegetarianism stuff. Because that would have really ruined it. No, but I'm playing. I love you. Thank you so much. I feel that energy. Like, as you were reading that out, I really felt that vibe from you. And I don't even know what to say. It's just, you know, we have what we have. We don't put on a show. I feel like we're even funnier behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. Because there are things that we can't say. Oh, God. Do you get what I mean? Like... We really get into things. So it's just nice that you guys, you understand. I feel like it's very easy to not understand the sort of dynamic we have. And it's just it's just nice that it resonates with you. And you are so entertained by me and by us. I just think it's amazing. So yeah. thank you, thank you, thank you. When you said, oh, my denomination is Sadiq, I'm like, again, y'all? Again, a fucking gang? Really? <laughs> Boy, but do you know what? I can't, I can't deny my source. You get what I mean? I can't that. deny, you, you cannot. I mean? can't you cannot. deny my source. Cannot. <laughs> it's too saucy. I'm, oh, thank I'm very, you. very sorry for thank you guys. You again. But um, yeah, good mention of the live show because we were thinking of like yes. doing something on like um, Clubhouse, but yes. not everyone is on it and some people have Androids. Um, and well, so- that's what I was going to say because, um, well, I guess we'll kind of work out the logistics, but we'll record still yes so you know for the under for the android people they can still listen to the podcast they just can't really kind of be there on clubhouse with us or maybe i don't know if we want to but then there's that we can also do a youtube live which yes, is what yes, i was yes, doing yes, i was yes. doing a youtube live um and we can easily do that i'll just bring like the ring light and stuff and we set up and but you your internet's slow here okay fine now I, I, you, you do have a point there yeah um i think it will do do us better with audio as opposed to um video but I guess we can work out the logistics and see but how... But live isn't great work. unless you can, like, see the reactions. Fair. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, that's why I think it should be a YouTube live. Not really an Instagram live because I just feel like... Too, that, no. I think Instagram that, live will attract people that don't know who... Not that, not not to say that we don't don't know who we are, but we may attract people that haven't been listening to us for a while. I think it's about trying to get it onto a platform where we can bring all... Yeah, but I think that it's also fair to just do it for people who have been writing for the podcast, which is why I think it should be a YouTube live because they're provided with a link and then they use that link to be able... Because I won't list it. It won't be public. It won't be a public YouTube... Oh, yeah, it was a private link. So a private Mm. link. So it will only be sent to those who... um, So I think that maybe we can do that... um, uh, before Christmas. But yes, uh, but you guys tell us tell us what you think. It could be I, th- I think around Christmas, whenever we want to kind of seal it off for the year. Okay. Um, yeah. So we'll work that out. But if you guys so, have any suggestions, you can let us know as well. Yeah, because that one they can like type and stuff. So maybe that will be what we upload for the last um, episode of for before Christmas. 
maybe it's a recording of the live show that we do on YouTube. So it'll be on, um, I don't know, I have to figure it out for Brent because maybe I put the, the, the mic in front of us. And so the mic is recording the audio for Brent, but um, we are also taping it so it can go onto YouTube. Uh, like, well, so no, sorry, it's being recorded on YouTube live. So then that will automatically go onto, onto YouTube. Yeah. So then we can make that public um, thereafter mm-hmm. once, once it's done. I don't Exciting know. Time. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So yeah, that's that for Shea Magnificent. So let's jump straight into So You Mad then. Waste no time whatsoever. So You Mad. So the first So You Mad is the Hungarian politician. That was funny to me. As Kid Fury says, that was funny to me. That was funny to me. You hey. have to explain that one before I really get, before I really give my opinions on it because that's wild. Yes. Yeah, so it says here, um, Oh, where is it? An anti-gay Hungarian politician. <laughs> An anti-gay Hungarian polit- politician has resigned after being caught by the police, <laughs> fleeing a 25 <laughs> I can't even read it without screaming. Oh! Let me start again. An anti-gay <laughs> Hungarian politician has resigned after being caught by the police, fleeing a 25-man orgy. <laughs> 25 <laughs> five man orgy through a window um it says here a member of the (laughs) european parliament representing hungarian prime minister victor orban fidesz party has resigned from his position in brussels after he was caught leaving what reports described (laughs) as a 25 man orgy (laughs) on friday (laughs) yosef um um, resigned on Sunday after he admitted to breaching Belgium's strict lockdown rules to attend a sex party. Huh. The police found 25 naked men at the gathering, including Shaya and some diplomats. The Belgian newspaper um, La Dernière um, reported. The um, newspaper quoted a local police source as saying, we interrupted a gangbang. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're lying. <laughs> I'm sure that's a that's a language. That's something got lost in translation. <laughs> it goes on to say, um, Orbán's Hungarian government has curtailed LGBTQ rights since he was elected prime minister in 2010. Shaya, who fronted Fidesz in the European Parliament, helped rewrite Hungary's constitution to protect the institution of marriage as the union of a man and woman. So they don't want to allow gay marriage. Mm. Shaya, a right-wing politician and ally of Orban, um, climbed out of a first-floor window and was spotted fleeing along the gutter. The uh, public prosecutor's um, office said, um, a source close to the investigation told um, the newspaper that Officers were called after a complaint um, about a night distur- nighttime disturbance. Authorities said narcotics were found in Shire's bag. Shire insisted that he had not taken drugs. The p- public prosecutor's office said a passerby reported to the police that he had seen a man fleeing along the gutter. He was able to identify the man. The man's hands were bloody. It is possible that he may have been injured while fleeing. Narcotics were found in his backpack. The man was unable to produce any identity documents. He was escorted to his place of residence where he identified himself as S. J. 1961 by means of a diplomatic passport shire on tuesday said he was present at a private party and apologized after the police um, asked for my identity since i did not have id on me i declared that i was an mep he said member of the european parliament 
The uh, police continued the process and finally issued an official verbal warning and transported me home. I deeply regret violating the COVID restrictions. It was irresponsible on my part. I'm ready to stand for the fine that occurs. He announced his resignation as a member of European Parliament and asked people to treat the matter as strictly personal to him. I ask everyone not to extend it to my homeland or to my political community, he added. Oh, we're going to do just that. <laughs> See, one thing about me, I'm going to do just I'm that. I'm going to do just that. I'm going to do just that. <laughs> I'm going to do just that. Because my thing is, is that as funny as the, the whole scenario sounds, yeah, there's something so kind of, so sick about it in the sense that since 2010, and I'm, it's, it's, some people might think it's an outlandish statement, but since 2010, gay people have died under your rule yes. because yes. of those laws that you guys have put in place, whether indirectly or directly. So, okay, you you kind of you you're 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 in that lifestyle as well and whatnot. You're not even in that lifestyle with, and this is not even judging. You're not even that lifestyle with a long term partner. You are fully. <laughs> You are fully committed to doing an absolute fuckery. Do you get I me? Mean? Some of the gay men that you're banning from gay marriage and all of this and, and, and whatnot, some some of these men don't even want to do these 25-man orgies. They don't even want to go that far. Do you get what I mean? They so just want so, a quiet They just want a quiet life with their husband, husband and husband. Just and they want a quiet life. In the countryside. You are doing a 25-man orgy. Oh, what's, what's his name? Or, please go to hell. That's all I can say. Yosef, Shia, you are a mess. Horrible. You are a mess. Because this is what always gets me. And I'm always saying like, when people have disproportionate energy for those in the LGBTQ plus community, I can only believe that there's something about you that you have not accepted or that you've you've internalized or whatever. Some hatred for yourself that you are then therefore projecting onto other people. That is the only explanation for this because, and and here we have it, case in point. I remember when you brought that up the first time, I was in one of the episodes and I was slightly disagree with you saying that I felt that that explanation is a bit too simple in some ways yes. but no 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 I, I truly get what you mean because it's like the more you the more you're so against it was we're seeing in this case the more he was so against it that he wrote laws he campaigned he did rewrote all of this. the constitution fam Jesus you rewrote Christ. the constitution to say that i don't want there to be any misconstruction of this when it comes to marriage this is for men and women together not for you not for you homosexuals no you can't have this marriage you went to the extent of rewriting the constitution because you didn't even want there to be any ambiguity right. about the fact that um you lot over here can be married i don't want that for you you went that far to do that to deny other people just base if like fam if they want to be tied under the institution of marriage who are you to stop them but you wanted to do that only for us to now see you fleeing like quasimodo um and you know <laughs> with the fle- bloody uh, bloody with, hands uh, with bloody hands crawling on, on roof tiles to try to escape a 25 man orgy that you do and you even took the drugs in your backpack like oh. little le- red riding hood oh, no. like you went there you were ready <laughs> No, I can't get over it. I can't. I think for me, I can't 25, get over the 25, man. man. There you are. That's me. That's 25. My 25. Oh, what? 20, what are you doing? 25. That's a quarter of a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand? Nah, I, that was, that's different. That's are you different. not tired? Oh, God. What? And even that, I'm thinking, how comfortable? Well, that's another story. I just twenty five man and other diplomats were there. Definitely, so, definitely, and definitely. that's what they wrote. Like the other diplomats. This is a group chat. There. Oh, this is a group chat. Them twenty five man. There's a group chat because my thing is that he would have. Firstly, 
um, Yosef has been doing this for more than 10 years. Yes. I can calmly say, I yeah, can yeah, say yeah, as yeah. if I know him, Shaq, right. that he's been doing it for 10 years. But my thing is, is that the people that he he's now doing it with, there is no way he would have been stupid to kind of include like an outsider. Yes. This is a this is a twenty five man. This is a private political community. party, yes. literally mixed with politicals, mixed with uh, some yep. some some fun boys, or whatever yeah, you call yeah, them. Yeah. That's what you guys have got going on there. Do you get what I mean? And since two thousand and ten, people who simply just want to get married, gay men that want to, gay men and gay women that want to get married. You said no. You said no. Computer says no. My thing is that if they now wanted a law where they said they can have 25-man orgies in certain places, would you have allowed that <laughs> instead of the marriage? <laughs> Crazy to me. But that's what gets me, that then now you're distancing yourself from the party and being like, don't blame my party. So no, basically, let's still keep these laws in place. Don't let my individuality um, um stop us from being able to rampantly oppress other people no, don't let that stop. Like, I'll take myself out of it so the violence can continue. continue. That is, that is why. No, I'm glad you said that. It's, it's not even like he, he tried to say, like, okay, now that y'all know, maybe we should try and change yeah. something. It's like, no, well, now that y'all know, I can get my punishment and yeah. you guys continue punishing. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, it's, it's absolutely mad. But I just had to share that because I just thought to myself, this is how people move. Like, denying other people just basic shit, like, denying it for them while you are living it up. Like, you're living it in excess. They're asking you for the most basic shit. You said no, but you want to do your 25... 25 oh. men. You want 24 other men. <laughs> oh. it's, it's a different kind of... Uh, it's a different kind of story, you know. It's mad. It's mad. It's mad, mad, mad. So that was our first So You Mad. So then the second... Um, so you mad was this clip that you shared with me that <laughs> I think we have to play both, but first play the woman's one. So this is a guy, Kevin Samuels. So what is he? Um, a relationship counselor? What is he? Kevin Samuels. I've, I've just known about this guy from like two days ago. Kevin Samuels, some relationship counselor, like some motivational speaker, life guide, whatever you want to call it. Apparently people, um, mainly Americans have known about this guy for ages. It's just, why it's do they just... like these problematic men to give them advice? I like Dr. Umar, know. like they love these people giving them very wayward advice i don't know and it's shocking and even in this clip that we're about to play this woman is continuing to ask for more advice <laughs> and you're just sitting there like stop 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 okay, i don't i i don't know like we'll, we'll go straight into the clip so i'll just give a brief exp um, explanation so he's giving advice to people his main um kind of this 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 topic is around you know averageness right so can average do average women uh do average women deserve and this is this deserve word is still quite violent but we'll get into that yeah. later do average women deserve um high earning men or high earning do average women deserve everything basically do man. average looking women average right? looking women that's, average that's looking women and just average women as well deserve a high high earning man so he, we'll we'll play the clip we'll we'll, we'll... you've got it oh i've, I've got the clip yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I thought that it was just very, very interesting how the whole thing was phrased. And then I, I saw conversations happening on Twitter and Clubhouse thereafter. But it was, it's just mind-blowing. But here you go. Listen to the clip. Listen okay, to the clip. here we go. Oh. I honestly want to uh, sit speaker guy, uh, is what I realized. And, ma'am, and that's my point. You ladies all feel like, listen, you ladies all feel like you're the exception to the rule. And then when someone like myself comes along and gives you a, a dose of reality instead of just accepting it it's like yeah but 
Yeah, but I'm special. You don't know any men on this level that are not your father, that aren't related to you. That means you don't know these men. You don't know where to go get them. You don't know what they want. But you're still saying, pick me. They don't want mid-30-year-old baby mamas. <laughs> I'm trying to be polite, man, but they don't want those. Can I ask you a question? Oh, God. Did you hear what I said? <laughs> yes. Why is that so? Okay, go ahead. Why is it so weird? Go ahead. Um, my from my point of view, I feel like I, I get what you're saying. They that they do have better options, but also those better options are younger girls. Those younger girls don't necessarily are necessarily twenty year olds are not necessarily attracted to forty five year olds. Bullshit. I'm, Bullshit. I'm 51, and I, and I can't beat them off with a stick. That's another one on you lies. No, younger women are always, younger women are attracted to older men. What are you talking about? So, can you see me? Yes, I can. Okay, so do you feel like a woman like me? Uh-huh. What would you rank yourself on a scale from 1 to 10? You cannot use 7. Would I rate myself? Mm, just your face. Um, my face when I wake up five, but when I put myself together six. Okay. And how tall are you? Five five. Dress size. I'm sorry. Your dress size. A three. Okay, so that makes you, if you give yourself a five, that's average. Yes. So average-looking women tend not to get high-earning men. They tend to get average. So that's the first of the first. That clip. is the first one. And that was the first thing that I heard. And I thought, how fucking dare you? Oh my God. And I was just like, I was saying to you, when I watched that video, I couldn't, I wasn't able to laugh at first. I'll tell you, I'll explain how I was able to laugh later. I wasn't able to laugh at first. I thought to myself, is she okay? Why would you like, put yourself in that? Can, can you see me? Can you? And then he's asked you to rate yourself. You said five <laughs> when you wake up, six when you put on makeup. What do you mean six when you put on makeup? Like how shit is your makeup that you've, that you've got only up? one bar? <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not going to attack her because she's not even. She's not even the main issue. I just need for my black women to stop submitting your will to these. To these, to these kind of men. Submission please. is killing my people. <laughs> please, please. No more. But let me tell you how I was able to laugh. So I was thinking, is this, has this guy been getting away with speaking to black women like that? Oh, guys, come and see how he talks to black men. The black men was, was the one that blew oh my mind. Before we even go to that one, uh -huh. to me, it's just like, yeah, but um, but young younger women love older men. Why though? Talk about why they under patriarchy. Why do younger women go for? We claim that they go for. I feel like this way that society has positioned it. Mm -hmm. Go for older men. None of that is ex um you know is explained or um kind of interrogated because. Mm -hmm you know, he's having these conversations and I feel like these sort of men pick the kind of women that they can have those conversations with because you can never try that oh with me. Oh God, he would have, you would have, oh, you would have made him a pussy. Oh! You would have, you would have ripped him a new hole. Oh! You would have dealt with him in different 
ways and angles. But that's the thing. Just like you said, it would have he would never allow that. No. He would have he would have he would have smelt you coming. Yes, Do you know yes, what I mean? yep, He yep. knows, and this is the thing. And it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't play place the blame on women. But I want everyone to know, men can smell insecurity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They, they can smell and they can sense insecurity. Once they get a whiff of it, this is what happens. Like with Kevin yeah, Samuels. Yeah. Once you say things like, "Can you see me?" Or, 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 <laughs> what or would you rate what yourself? would you rate like and you answer questions like what would you rate five. yourself that's it, it like literally and that is a setup that yes, is a setup you is. need to understand how it's a setup because this prick said well, what would you rate yourself your face but you can't say, say seven. seven right because naturally I'm gonna say around the seven mark right but like, this is what I think I needed someone to go on there and say I'm a ten <laughs> and let him argue with you yes because what he wanted you to do was it's either you go below and I know that you've got self-esteem issues or, or you, you go, go high so I can knock you back down. That's what he wants to do to Perfect. humble you. Perfect. Because if she had turned around and said, oh, I'm a nine, he'd have been like, how, 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 so? how so and that's what I'm saying there is this obsession with humbling women yes girls I need you to just everyone just be saying I'm a 10 I'm a 10 I'm a 10 and let's when, argue but, about but, it but when um, what's her name um, um, Slum Flower said that she was a 10 mm-hmm. with her wig off People were very upset about that that time remember all that time no 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 I, I do remember and I've been saying and I think if I have any regret I won't say it's a regret I'd say if I can go back in time I'll probably kind of speak up a little bit more as to, or maybe try and explain some of the things, you know, she was saying. I think, I don't think that's anyone's ever, that's ever anyone's responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've been saying it for a while. Slumflower, Chidera has been saying some things, yes. right? And they make sense. It's and they're just, manifesting themselves now. Right. right? They so, are manifesting themselves now. And, and this is the thing. And because people can't um, swallow shame, they can't admit that, you know what? Sis had some points. Yes. So uh, you, you, you might not like the manner of delivery, but Sis had some points. Yes. That's where we're now finding that, 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 that stuff. Because, but even forget like the larger conversations. For me, it was when um, she was speaking specifically about herself and she was saying about like, without my wig, I'm still a 10. And people had a problem with that. They like, what do you mean? Her. Look at the way your hair's plaited, your doo-doo plaits and da-da-da-da. Why do you have such a problem? She, to herself, she's a 10. I'm a 10, yes. I don't have to be a 10 to you, but to myself, I'm a 10. What is your problem? And they were they they were tearing her apart. And oh, I'm so glad you bring that up. Because that's the thing. People don't like, and you know, people don't really want to have this conversation, but I'm telling you, people hate confident black women. They hate it. And they the darker hate... you are, how dare you? Oh, God. The, the, they hate that conversation. I'm, I'm so glad you said I was shocked at some of the um, um, the hate that Slumflower was, was getting, considering she's not dark-skinned. Yes. Got, so imagine that yes. if she was dark-skinned. Yes. And look, nobody's perfect. She did say some things that I thought, oh, gosh, if you, if you really want to get your point across, I'm not too sure if I would have said it like that. Yes. However, points were made. Yes. Do you get what I mean? Points were made. And this is what was... And black men can say things how they want all of the time and you still manage to extract the points and the sense that they're trying to to convey within that. But some women, black for some reason, black women have to come to you with the perfect rhetoric, everything worked out, everything ready to go before you'll be able to listen. And even then you'll dissect it to fuck. To to be like, oh no. And you'll start start getting hooked on semantics. Yes. And that's what always happens. And tone, tone policing. I'm glad you said that. Tone policing is a is a is a big big one. Oh no, I, I ain't got a problem with her. You know, it's just you know she she can't come at people like that. Yeah, you know how she said it was a bit disrespectful. We were literally in a clubhouse room where people were saying that all of today. Oh, just because the lady said shut up, shut, shut the, the fuck, fuck up. up. Yeah. 
She said, shut the fuck up because you man were coming at her mad. And yes, she was on the edibles, but she, she, you know, she, she was making the point that she was making that right. black men are the weakest link. You didn't like that. Everyone went off on one and it became, a, and then it was, and I think it's very, very interesting that it was a black woman. She invited a black woman up to be a moderator with her. Mm. And it was that black woman who kicked her off the room. Yep. A room that she started. Kicked her off the stage, kicked her out, kicked her off the stage. Yes. And it continued the conversation. And continued the conversation without her. <laughs> and I think that that is so... That is that is just a perfect example of the things that black women who are deemed angry or perceived to be angry, um, that is what they experience often, that then other black women try to come and, and take the space that you have created and then continue the conversation without you. I think yes. it's disgusting. Yes, and then, and then to use this rhetoric of not all black men. And I'm just like, do you guys understand how much you sound like a white racist? That's it. Do you understand how much you sound? And it's just, it's crazy for me how we can have one conversation where we're all on the same page about yeah. racism. But we're add, all on the same but page. Would we want to add sexism to it? No. No. Then the, the whole the whole table shakes. It's very, very interesting. But we digress, Sha. So my thing is, yeah, so I, I was, I was, I felt very uncomfortable watching that clip. I only became a little bit more comfortable yeah. watching it after I heard him, you know, deal with a black guy as well. So I was just like, okay, cool. That doesn't necessarily make it okay, but it's like, okay, you're you're doing it to black men and women. You're you're, you're fucking up the whole community, yes, not just yes, one side. Yes, so, yes. you know, you do what you're doing there. So let me play, let me play for you guys what he did to, the, what he said to the black guy. Um, so you guys really know what this guy's about. You got a big dick? Huh? You have a big dick? I mean, it's above average. I ain't no Ron Jeremy. No, 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 no. I asked you if you had a big dick. I didn't say it was above average. I don't know what that is, really. Uh, nigga, you know if you got a big dick or not. Stop the bullshit. <laughs> Every dude know whether or not he got a big dick. I know I got a big dick. You don't know? I mean... You don't have a big I... dick. That's the point. You don't have a big dick. You don't have a big wallet. You a big, you a fat dude. <laughs> You got a lot of nerve thinking you should get choosing sitting with five foot ten and three hundred pounds, making less than a thousand dollars a month at twenty years old. And women should approach you. What they get? They don't even get a big dick. <laughs> and he, laughed he laughed at, at that one as he well. Laughed <laughs> he laughed at him. I was like, okay, do you know what? Tear him apart for everything then. But but my whole thing is that to to see him go in on her like that even with that let's i'm gonna even be a bit extra i even feel like he still went in on the black woman way more way more than he would have done for the black man do you get what i mean because let's also also realize yeah that even that this man that he's cussing who is uh he called him fat Mm -hmm. um uh with no with a small dick yeah fat men with small dicks still get women yeah yeah. they still get women the point when he was talking the point that he was trying to make was when he was talking to that um to that um to to the black woman was that pretty much she can't get any guy that she wants yes 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 do you get what i mean yes yes so it's there's still a a difference in how he's addressing them but just the main fact that he called this one a small dick and 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 the fat dude yeah yeah all right cool you're disrespecting black men and black women yeah you keep the same energy generally speaking for Mm. everybody so Mm. you they want to keep coming to you for advice they can do what they want that's that's their own but it's it's good to to see that he he was doing that to like pretty much everybody. It's good to like, see. Yeah, you, you know, it's a weird way to phrase it. <laughs> be but fair with yeah, your bullying. Be fair with. <laughs> now nah, it's a weird state of affairs to know Gosh. that people are going to people for this sort of advice and they're getting dragged for filth um, in this way. It, it it is weird. It is weird, and I feel like 
it would be it would be nice to see us have conversations in a much more kind of controlled way where we kind of stay on the point you know what he's alluding to is pretty privilege yes which is very 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 real we will be stupid to come and act like pretty privilege doesn't exist mm. but to phrase it in that way and to make her feel like she's not beautiful is not the case because you guys can't see her but i think she's i think she's very cute regardless you know and and it's the fact that he brought up the fact that oh but you've got three children as well come on and you want a, a high earner why would they want to take all of that on it's the way that the life choices um or the life experiences that black women have are used against them. Mm. Who does she have the three children with? Uh, uh, let's just go with a black man. Right. right. But somehow, no, you're, you're to blame. You're the one that's going to be held responsible for all of this because it's the same way that we hold black women up in high esteem, but then we also bring them down and be like, no, you can't stay there. What do you mean? Like, of course, you should be responsible enough to make all of these great, great choices, but this is what you have to choose from. You don't want it. Oh, you're a bougie bitch. You know, like it's, it's a very weird mindfuck that they find themselves in mm. and you have no right to want her, um, a high earner um and it's just just to kind of add to that because there's two other clips as well we did find out that actually the woman is also a high earner right so she wants someone to meet her on right, her level right and he still believes that she cannot get that right because oh, oh no it's a mess it it's a mess. a mess but it was it just it was i just really i laughed when it's one I of those it. ones where if you don't laugh you'll cry so you have this to laugh it. at these clips because you just have to say to yourself that will never be me yeah and this is even a- then never say never boy because you enter you go and ask the wrong person for advice and get bodied so like i i i just believe in kind of minding my business and facing my front yeah so the last one for so you mad that i thought was really interesting was um the wrapped up Spotify wrapped up um, thing. Um, Because we all enjoy that. It's great to kind of see, you know, what you've been listening to for the year and the amount of attention that goes into like putting these things together. Um, Yeah, I just think it's it's wonderful. I think it's it's really, really cool to be able to see all of that. Obviously, year after year, guess who the person I listen to the most is? What, What artist did I listen to the most? Oh gosh, you put me on the spot. What artist did you listen to the most? Yeah. Vibes Cartel? Very close, but Ooh. who else? Ooh. It could only it's be one of two. It's not coming to me. Whiskid. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, Whiskid. Okay, fine, 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 yeah. fine. Whiskid. I should have gone with Whiskid. Okay. Yeah. Whiskid. Yeah, but it could have been it could have been either or. Yeah. But no, I I listened to the hell out of like Whiskid. It said that my ma- my main song, my most played song Jero. of two two thousand and nineteen was actually Corre de Belo with Tiwa Savage, Romantic. But oh, that that's because was... of Lev. Yes, exactly. That's of Lev. That is Lev. If you guys don't know, Lev, her son, <laughs> loves that song. So that's not you. That was you can discount. I don't know why he likes that song. Because I was playing it when he was in the tummy. So he there's certain songs that when he hears it. He like he too. relaxes and he or he starts dancing. So I played romantic when I was pregnant with him. So when he would need to sleep, um, uh, that's what we would play him. So we were playing it over and over and over. So on my Spotify, it must have looked like what the fuck is what happening is, oh here? Oh my gosh! Well, how much how much romance do you want in your life? Right? Romantic. But he, that's how he would relax. He doesn't listen to um, he doesn't listen to it too too much now. Like I don't play him that, but his dad would still play him that when he's trying to get him to sleep. So um. Yeah, it was funny to see that, but um, it said like the most, the main people I listened to was like Bernard, mm. uh, Olamide, Whiskid, and Vibes. Mm-hmm. Sounds, like, sounds like you. Yeah, yeah. Like that's literally me. Um, like and you. and um, I think one of my top most played songs was um, "Damages" by Thames. <sighs> you, you know, and you know me, I love that song. Yeah. I was literally obsessed with that song. So that makes sense. And I, 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 I actually quite. 
I always say this, like, I should have been on Spotify from ages ago. It's just I can't make that migration. It's just so long. From Apple Music. From Apple Music. It's just long. I also feel weird having a Spotify account when I have Apple Music, like, installed in the phone. But don't you have to pay for a subscription for that as well? Yeah, I know. But do you know what? It's just, it also, it's all in one place, isn't it? It's all like, a, I don't know. It, it, I, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't make sense because I know Spotify is better. Yeah. I'm an Apple Music user that knows Spotify is better. I just cannot make that move. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, it's interesting times, but I came across, and so everyone always looks forward to their Spotify wrapped up. And I love how many of you like had um the podcast as oh, your yes. top kind of the top thing that you listened to, and how many episodes you binged in one day. And it was just it was just beautiful to see. It was really really beautiful to see. So Obviously, nice. I did not repost any of you that had me with any problematic podcast. Sorry about that. Like you can go and listen to Wayward Guys. I'm not reposting it. That's your personal choice. That's your personal flavor. No names. But, no names. But I will not be reposting that. But for you know, I I just appreciate it, man. It's it's really really beautiful to see myself alongside podcasts that I do greatly respect. It meant the world to me. And obviously you lot know how much I love the Read podcast. So it was great to kind of see that in there as well. Just wonderful people doing wonderful things. I, I can't say enough how much I appreciate how much um, you lot have celebrated me and this podcast and, you know, promoted it in various um, spaces with your friends, your family. It really, really means a lot. So and to see how much, the, the how many people listen in how many countries like, it's mad to be number 22 in the spotify charts for um um society and culture is is amazing it's it's amazing were we also in the the spirituality spirituality was number moved from number four to number nine but Mm -hmm. yeah 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 still Still, there still still top 10 yeah yeah so yeah i feel like uh, as long as this podcast you know continues i'm coming for louis thoreau i think you lot think i'm joking i don't know how it's gonna happen but even if i just for a for a small while i want to be number one on that society and culture i don't care how i don't even know how it's gonna happen but to be there for one day just to show these people pepe will be wonderful so because it'll blow a lot of people's minds because they'll be like what the fuck who's the fuck is this podcast like how who is this um so yeah, um, that would be interesting. But I appreciate it. I appreciate the love. To be like number twenty two is a is a it's a big it's a big deal mm-hmm. in in these chart streets. You know, it means that a heck of a lot of you listen, mm-hmm. especially on Spotify. So and just, and just on that, it's it's good to see from Spotify Wrapped, anyways, how in depth the stats are. Yes, like, it's like oh, really good analysis. Yes. Of, of what people are doing. And it said, like, my listeners in um, America grew by 236%. Jesus. Yeah. That, those are some... And, of, of course, for you, those these are stats that will help with when you're in meetings with advertisers and yeah. brands and all that. So I think that really works. I wonder who came up with this wrapped idea at Spotify. Mm. Wow, that's, mm. that was a brilliant segue. Mm. Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> that was wonderful. Mm. <laughs> because it seems like it's somebody called at whatever jewel on um, Twitter where um, they wrote, I really invented the Spotify wrapped story concept as an intern project in 2019 and they haven't looked back since LMAO. Um, and she, uh, they, sorry, then post them um, because I don't know how they identify. They then post um, um, a picture showing their work where it says hashtag wrapped in and it shows um, 
um, Spotify's annual wrapped campaign not only summarizes users year in music, but creates a personalized data check, um, data deck complete with a variety of your tops for the year and accompanying playlists. Um, what's missing? While the stats are pretty interesting and even come with a bit of um, screenshotable bytes, Gen Z requires a bit more attention. Like uh, we like to touch and feel to scroll and post with this in mind. I've retooled wrapped to allow for a more interactive approach. Um, so what's new? Stories, stickers, sites. We no longer stop at a mere screenshot. Wrapped, hashtag wrapped in is hashtagable, repostable and an altogether shareable ex um, experience. So actually what they did is that they made it so it was more interactive. So Spotify had already come up with their, come up with their wrapped okay. that they've been doing for years. Okay. But um, this person made it more interactive. Like, what we're no, seeing we, now? Yes. We don't want to just be able to screenshot it. Why should we screenshot it? Make it shareable so we can just share it on every platform. Yes. We which is what and um, also increased the engagement that they had yes. this year with it. Yes. But they're not credited. And I think that's so mad because when you look at, I, I, I've never really done an internship before, but I've, I know friends that have done an internship. With the contracts you sign, if you come up with an idea whilst you're an employee or an intern there, mm -hmm. they own it. Yes. So there isn't. It's it's, it's so. Uh, is this the kind of? Are we kind of going towards intellectual property here? Yeah, because like um, they wrote um, to clarify for those of y'all unfamiliar with hashtag Spotify Wrapped. It used to be an email and a playlist. Since two thousand and nineteen, it has become an interactive user experience, and that right there was my idea. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. The thing that made it level up was my was idea. Her idea. That she's not gonna, she wasn't even being paid for. To, she wasn't paid to think about it, right? <laughs> and she is not even getting anything now. And it's just, mm -hmm. it sounds crazy, but I just, I just don't think there's anything she can do about it. It's mad, yeah. So yeah, she is a she, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's mad that 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 that's what they're doing. That they, you, you've taken this woman's idea and gone, well, well, thanks. Did did she get a role? Did she get a job there? Nope. No, nope. but you took her idea. No, nope. she and so it, she wasn't good enough for a permanent role. But she's good enough for you to have for those, her idea. for those ideas. It's just crazy. And when I look at internships, I see them as predatory. Like what you want is you want to bring in young, fresh minds. You want to suck them up. Yes. Literally soak their knowledge. Take everything you want from them. And you want to kick them out because you just don't see them as responsible. Yes. Enough. Yes. So, and I think that's crazy. And I think when I look at the fact that you know, when I'm, when I'm seeing everyone share their Spotify raps and everything, that's making me yes. eagerly want to right. download Spotify. Right. Like many others. And I'm sure they've got, I'm sure they had, they, they, they welcomed thousands of new users yes. in the way of that. And this, this person still gets no reward. Crazy to me. So yeah, I mean, that could have easily been in Straw of the Week, but we, we tried to keep it cute. So we left it there. So anyway, let us get into Straw of the Week, aka Suck Your Mum. But before we do that, let me just pick up the um, second of this week's show sponsors who, um, who are Skillshare. So be right back with that. Big up this week's show sponsor. Um, one of these week's show sponsors who um, are Skillshare, like I said. Um, but, I mean, we're approaching the holiday season. So if you want to give someone a gift that means more, you can just get creative, create something, do something. And you can learn how to make like the perfect handmade gift. 
with Skillshare's online classes, um, Skillshare is an online learning community that have uh, that has thousands of inspiring classes for creative and, and curious people. So you can explore new skills and deepen existing passions and just generally get lost in creativity. So I've seen that one of the uh, classes that they've got going at the moment that... Um, I mean, you know, I've already said that I might try the one um, Plants at Home to Uplift Your Spirit and Your Space by uh, uh, Christopher Griffin, also known as Plant Queen. But there's also um, iPhone photography, how to shoot and edit conceptual video, uh, conceptual photos rather on your phone. And that's taught by Amelie Satska. So because I just want to do more with my camera. I don't know, like I'll see, I'll make a great cake or I'll make some amazing food and then I'll try to take photos of it. And it just looks mad. So I feel like I just need to up up my skills in terms of photography in that sense. So, you know, you've got classes that you can do that. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's it's a brilliant place to um, go and learn new skills and to hone new ones. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers memberships that actually have meaning. So you've got so much to explore, real projects to create and the support of fellow creatives as well when you're on the site. Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth. So um, you can give someone a gift that's one of a kind, um, completely personalized or perfectly imperfect. Uh, when you put time, effort and creativity into a gift, it shows how much you you care and you know some people don't want expensive presents but they'll love a present that you've made by hand um and Skillshare is also incredibly affordable, especially when compared to pricey in-person classes. You can get an um, annual subscription that's less than $10 a month. Um, so yeah, join Skillshare. That's Skillshare.com forward slash SYM to explore your creativity and get a free trial of uh, the premium membership that they've got going on. That's S-K-I-L-L-S-H-R-E share.com forward slash sym i'll say that again because i was just moving the letters about that's skillshare.com forward slash sym s-k-i-l-l-s-h-a-r-e.com forward slash sym and go and get your life thank you so much now let's get on to um straw of the week aka suck your mother so to start off um, this week's uh, straw of the week, there are quite a few straws to be flung, but I thought let's start with this Instagram post that I saw posted on Twitter, <laughs> all of the apps mentioned there. Um, so someone posted a picture of them with their partner, well, I think their husband, and they said, I got married on my birthday six years ago. So it was always, um, so it's always a holiday literally in our home. Yeah, great stuff, but I have a story. Stay with me. And the person continues in their caption with, I posted this picture as per my felicitations on my birthday on my page. And a friend, quote unquote, at the time in, 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 in uh, what is that called? parentheses um sends a message this was the message happy birthday kiki wishing you many more wins this is coming from a place of love don't you think it's embarrassing that for your third year anniversary you are making your husband carry a balloon when he should be carrying his child slash children this should be more of a reflection so i believe in times like this have wisdom so your enemies will not rejoice over you xoxo gossip girl clearly <laughs> <laughs> she said uh, uh, did you finish reading it um then it goes on to say i kept that message i laughed i clapped i he heed i folded my hands put them on my head it was so many feelings i couldn't express 
For me, it was just a picture. I was celebrating a healthy marriage and a happy birthday. I was genuinely in a happy place. I truly evaluated where my mind was and the smile on this picture was for me. Um, uh, I was honestly thankful for the amazing life I have. My life wasn't and still isn't perfect, but is it? but it is mine. I don't deserve that message. And in my heart, I knew I'd lost a friend. I never deleted that message till today till today i had transferred that same screenshot from blackberry to samsung to iphone to eternally vex it wasn't worth it which of god's mercies can i deny none i'm shedding weight in my life i'm decluttering 2020 has been heavy but unforgettable in amazing ways i've been cleaning house oh we mentioned that car today work closet everything except my heart that's where the hard work is if 2020 taught us anything it's definitely that there is no time for iranu that means um, clutter and nonsense and no one um and nothing should have enough power to hold your joy ransom i truly feel lighter she's a better person than me that's all i'm gonna say she is a Whoever sent that message under the guise of being a friend, you can go suck your mother forever, you fucking dickhead. You fucking dickhead. So somebody carried you in celebration and this is what you came to do. <laughs> so at one point in life, heart. somebody also carried you and to celebrate you and this is how you've been spending your life. And funny that how she mentions at the end that the, 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 the friend in inverted commas mentioned to the girl who was celebrating that, oh, don't let your enemies rejoice. The enemies that you're talking about, you're the enemy. You're the enemy. You the you're enemy the enemy rejoicing right yes. now. And I bet that it's because you don't actually have a happy marriage. Yes. And but you have a child. Yes. So or children. So you're looking at that picture thinking, rah, she's happy. This makes me uncomfortable. So I'm gonna point out the fact that well, she doesn't have a child right now. Right. So there's no reason for her to be rejoicing when she doesn't have a child. And let me tell you, anyone, anyone that can send a message like that you are you are not ha i'm telling you it's impossible it is impossible to be a happy person and to send people messages like that it is impossible you cannot be happy in your life happy in your existence if if that is the sort of messages that you're sending to people and i just think that is crazy that she technically got away with it do you get what i mean without got, pamming yeah she got away with it without without getting clotted yeah. and that and that is a problem and that's true that the ways that people offend us we hold it in our heart and we carry it from phone to phone from friendship to friendship from place to place and i really love that accountability where the person is just well kiki i guess her name is that she said oh you know what i don't want to carry it in my heart anymore i realized how long i'd held on to this and i don't want to hold on to this anymore and i, I wish that the person that sent her that message that quote-unquote friend also addressed all the things that she's carrying in her heart that allowed her to send such a message to somebody that she considers to be a friend like why would you send that to them on their birthday right. i send so it to them at all, at all but, but on, their birthday. on their birthday and even what's even more vile is that you don't even know friend behind the scenes if they are trying or not you don't know if there are any any complications if that's what the case if that's what's going on so do you know how personal it is for you to come and say that to someone with unprovoked 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 but you saw them smiling you saw them smiling with their partner and you thought oh and also it's the case of oh you're disgracing your husband by making him hold a balloon instead of a child <laughs> what what definitely a nigerian you have something boy some people the, the nigerianness just speaks the poetic them. nature of nigerians when they want to insult your life is unlike any other like it's so incredible to me and you know like 
I'm so glad that Kiki said in that message that she started clearing space. And like literally the card said, clean out that we got from the wisdom of the Oracle card deck. Like you have to start clearing out the fuckery that no longer serves you, right? And I remember when I got engaged in 2015 and I announced the engagement on my page. And I remember one person who I thought was a friend at the time. I even, you know, ended up being a bridesmaid at, um, you know, their wedding after that, after the fact and whatever. But um, they said to me, oh, um, oh, I'm so glad that you're engaged. Because honestly, when I heard that you were living together, I thought, oh, surely um, Kelechi's smarter than that than to be living with somebody who hasn't proposed. But I'm, I'm now seeing that you actually have sense. Oh, so I was dumb before then. Right. Because of that one thing. And right. on top of all the things I've done <laughs> for the community, <laughs> I would have been still, I would have still been stupid. Right. Dumb if I did not. Oh, wow. Okay. But, you know. Nigerian but, as well? This, this Of course Nigerian. I, I know. I'm just, I'm just making you know, sure. Of people. course Nigerian. <laughs> like, but you're happy to fuck in, in the backseat of cars with, with your boyfriend <laughs> because... <laughs> But you don't want to, uh, you know. Oh, what well, we shouldn't. We don't want to be living together. But you're happy to do that. Whew. It's just funny to me that how people shift goalposts and what these certain things mean in their head to them, mm -hmm, and they're mm -hmm. the kind of ones who will turn around when you fall out with them and be like, "Yeah, but you're not even married and you don't have any children, so you have no leg to stand on when you're talking to me because they simply got ma married five minutes ago." Mm -hmm. Things that they were harboring. Yes, whilst you were friends and with. and that's literally so. That's the only sense of anything that makes you feel superior that you now somebody married you, a wayward gave, person married you, you and you have a child with them, and so you've got everything. That tells me that you are deeply unhappy mm -hmm. like you said you can only write these sorts of things if you're very very unhappy yes. within yourself so um yeah i i remember reading that and thinking like people really get in that they, they really feel like they've really accomplished something really done something by getting married and having children you've you've done nothing mm -hmm. you've literally done nothing so it, like nothing that would make you feel like you are better than anybody else in any way shape or form no. obviously like pregnancy childbirth is an amazing um experience in terms of seeing just the miracle of of pregnancy and birth is a wonderful thing but that does not make you better than somebody who doesn't have children no. it doesn't so behave yourself you know and and I, and I just really need that narrative to stop. And any of you who would be, who would dare, and I don't think you would, who listen to this podcast, would dare to go to someone and be like, well, you don't even have children. So you don't have, you know, you're, you're, a, you're a disgrace. You can go suck your mother. Please. Such a sick thing to say to It's someone. a disgusting thing to say. Like to, ju to judge somebody's um, worth on whether they've, be somebody's married them or they've married somebody and whether they've had children. I just think it's, it's immature and it's really vile. So, um, yeah, so there was that. And then I saw, um, well, I think that definitely, um, the verdict of Shukri Abdi, I think that the judge and that whole process that they all deserve straws. And I've talked about Shukri Abdi's, um, death as far as I'm concerned, um, murder on this, um, podcast, um, already in the episode called justice for shukri abdi um you know it's, it's mentioned there but we heard that um yeah we've heard that the, the the verdict has been reached and they've deemed it an accident an accident what happened to her and that really that really upsets me like it upsets me to the core of my very being because um, somebody gave a great example and they said, but if it was what happened to Jamie Bolger, 
that wasn't, you know, that wasn't described as an accident. We saw them, these boys, these little boys, um, abduct him from the supermarket away from his um from his mum I think and take him to the train tracks and do horrific things to him and they went to jail at their young age they went to jail but when it's Shukri Abdi it's like oh these young white children didn't know what they were doing even though they pushed her into the um river um even after she said she can't swim they did that and they even laughed about it and you're saying it was an accident so it says here um, why was one of the kids who contributed to Shukri's death referred to as a child, but Shukri is called a 12-year-old Somali refugee? Mm. They're deliberately infantilizing the murderer, so we sympathize with them. Um, and we're showing that that's literally um, what it says here. Um, I'm getting up the article. It says, girl tells inquest she accidentally pushed Shukri Abdi into deeper water. Into deeper water you accidentally pushed her hmm. into it a child who was with a 12 year old somali refugee who died in a river in berry um has told an inquest that she accidentally pushed her into deeper water shortly before she drowned so you drowned her you drowned Essentially, her yes but it's like exactly that that's the semantics 12-year-old Somali refugee. So you are trying to take away sympathy from the person who has been killed, the young baby girl who has been killed. Mm -hmm. You're taking away sympathy from her. By and referring framing, to her as a refugee. Uh, yes. Uh, referring to her as a Somali refugee. Like you, Basically, you're telling us she wasn't even meant to be here in the first place. Yes. She wouldn't be dead if she stayed in her country. Yes. But it's our girl who accidentally pushed her into deeper water. Yes. I'm glad you, I'm glad you put it that way. Because that is everything that they're implying through Shuk the way they framed it. The next paragraph of this wayward fucking stupid article. Mm. Shukri Abdi, who came to the UK in January 2017, died in the River Irwell in Bury, Greater Manchester, in June 2019. Several children were with her um, at the river just before her death. Notice that the term children is used for the other children who basically killed her, mm -hmm. but not for her. She's just somebody who arrived in 2017. Mm -hmm. Um, the inquest, which opened earlier this year and was adjourned, uh, resumed on Wednesday at Rochdale's coroner's court. Um, but the coroner, we now know that the coroner ruled that it was an accident. Um, the children connected with the case can be referred to only as child one, child two, child three and child four. Child one who said she pushed Shukri did not give evidence directly as other children who witnessed the incident did via video link at an inquest hearing in February. Um, Joanne Kersley, the senior coroner for Manchester North, who is presiding over the hearing, read out the child's witness statement. A video of a police interview with the child was played in court and written statement um, from her personal tutor was read out. In the evidence, child one said of Shukri, she was holding my legs at the back. I pushed her and accidentally um, pushed her to the deep end. I couldn't swim like that. I pushed her. So Shukri was clearly struggling and was trying to hold on to you for help and you pushed her into deeper water. Hmm. Um, she thought she could swim but didn't know how to swim. She got into the water next to me. She was grabbing my hand. Something happened. She went down in the water to get back up. She didn't make it. We were calling to Shukri to get up. She didn't get up. We were all crying and shouting. She's like really small. We were panicking. We were like, no, this cannot happen. But I know that your little girl is lying because we know that they, you also laughed. Mm -hmm. um, 
a statement from Gillian Fenton, um, a paramedic with Northwest Ambulance Service who attended the scene after a 99 call, uh, 999 call was made um, and saw the four children at the riverbank said, no one appeared to be crying or in any state of distress. So at this point, your parents have coached you to what to say for you to be saying that we were crying and we were trying to help her. You motherfuckers, you, and I don't care if your children, as far as I'm concerned, you're little motherfuckers yes. because of, and the parents that raised you are demons and you're all motherfuckers together. You've now been coached to lie about the way that you killed yes. a young black girl. Yes. You've been, you're lying. But just on that point, I want to make it known that the parents are aware that in order for the children to get off scot free, they need to display and demonstrate the emotion mm -hmm. apparently that they felt towards Shukri, yeah. which they didn't. Just mm -hmm. like you said, the, the the paramedic got there. All of you guys are fine, but you you now feel the need to claim that you were upset and you were emotional. You know what you were doing. She said no one appeared to be wet. The paramedic said nobody appeared to be wet. As in, they didn't get into the water. That's it. They did not get into the water. Oh my god. Oh my god. But you're now saying that she was holding on to your legs and that's why you kicked her into deeper water as if you were there in the water. I didn't even know that bit. That's shocking. So they're lying about it being in... The, oh, oh my God. Wow. She said no one appeared to be wet and she wondered if anyone had made any attempt to rescue Shukri. <sighs> After Shukri's death, Child One School organised a home tutor for her. Um... David Stockdale assisted her mainly with maths and English. He said she was caring and compassionate. He said in a statement read out in court, of course you'd say that, stay David Stockfish, you prick. <laughs> of course you would say that. He said her social skills were limited and on one occasion she had tried to squirt him with water. He referred to an incident involving biscuits saying child one had told him, you better not eat them or I'll kill you. Oh. But she was caring and compassionate. Oh, so she was caring and compassionate, but she was also willing to kill you over digestives. Oh my God. Fam, she was willing to kill you over jammy dodgers, but she's caring and compassionate. <laughs> Where do you find these children? <laughs> oh my God. This is the way that we infantilize white children. Like, I know that we're saying infantilizing yeah. white children, but the fact of the matter is that we give an innocence to them, even when they are displaying extreme violent tendencies, the same um, innocence that we do not afford to, to, to black children. But you're telling us that she's caring and compassionate while still telling us in the same breath that she said she was going to kill you over some bourbon biscuits. <laughs> oh, God. Whew. His statement said... I cannot stress enough how lovely, enjoyable and amazing it was to work with child one. She has been dehumanized undeservedly. But you said she was going to kill Joy you with... I feel it's really important for child one to have stability and feel that people care about her. She has lost part of her childhood. David! David, you little pomplex! Maggie Dale! Yeah? Listen... She's lost part of her childhood, but there's a child, there's a black child, Shukri, who's lost, lost her entire life. life. Her entire life. Not just her childhood, her entire life. That she didn't even get to see. Oh. Fleeing one disaster in Somalia to come and meet worse disaster here. Mm. Imagine that as a parent, you think that you're taking your child away from one danger only for them to come and be faced with another one parents are trying so hard to to save their children from the violences that are inflicted um, upon them but just by the sheer nature of being black of being african right they're trying to find a better space for them within two years you man have taken her life and then now you told us that it's an accident 
Um, 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 D.I. Andrew Naismith of Greater Manchester Police told the court on Wednesday uh, there was nothing either of a criminal nature or anything untoward that happened to Shukri when she was entered when she entered into the water. Shokri came to the UK with her mother and four siblings after they fled conflict in Somalia. She was born and raised in a refugee camp in Kenya. The family were brought to the UK as part of the Vulnerable Persons Resettlement Scheme in which refugees are vetted by the UN. Only the most vulnerable individuals and families are ex accepted onto the scheme. Um, scheme. The um, inquest continues. The person who wrote the in, um, the this article, I feel like, is a complex of epic proportions as well. Mm -hmm. Because notice how there is nothing that gives any humanity um, um, to Shukri. Everything is focused on child one. Yes, and absolving them of their yes. crimes. All you, all you keep wanting to focus on when it comes to her is um, she's a refugee. She's a refugee. So you are trying to tap into that racism within your fellow readers um, that, oh, well, you know, she look she was a refugee she wasn't really one of us mm -hmm. and a lot of white people won't even know won't even be conscious to it but as soon as they read refugee in their heads they said oh okay so she weren't british then, oh okay well she she weren't british to be fair yeah i mean they're, they're reasoning yes. in their head like that um so then um that was an article from 25th of november we now jump to an article from the friday 4th of december that says a coroner has concluded that a 12 year old schoolgirl's death by drowning was an accident would you believe that it's still the same um, um, journalist that's writing this one that oh, wrote the last one? So that one, she was a refugee. Mm. This one, she's a schoolgirl. Now that everything's been concluded. Because because there's no way, there's no, there's no reason now to... To say to, anything. To say yeah, anything yeah, because else, the yeah. decision has been made. It says here, uh, the body of Shukri Abdi, who first came to the UK in January 2017, was found in the River Irwell and Bury, Greater Manchester, on 27th of June 2019. A group of children were with her at the river in the period before she died. Shukri's mother, um, Zamzam Arab Turi, had hoped that the coroner would rule that Shukri had been unlawfully killed. However, Joanne Kersley, the senior coroner for North Manchester, said that the evidence heard during the inquest did not support that conclusion. So when you heard from the paramedic that said that the children weren't wet nobody was crying they didn't seem bothered we know that child one said that she was going to kill somebody over some custard creams that none of that bothered you like none of that was reason to think that um, shukri was unlawfully killed none of that okay um the family's legal team say that they are considering judicially reviewing the coroner's conclusion speaking after the inquest Churi said the fight for her daughter should continue i feel so bad today with this decision i've waited a long time for justice and i know justice will come and that is what breaks my fucking heart mm. the way that black women always have to keep believing that one day that they will get justice even in the face of constant violence mm -hmm. The child connected with the case can be referred to only as child one. Or sorry, the children connected with the case can only be referred to as child one, child two, child three, child four, child five. The actions of child one were closely scrutinized during the inquest as she encouraged Shukri to get into the water and promised to teach her how to swim. Child one is also child the one. Child one is the main. Yes. Yeah, we know, child one, one we, we know child that one. child one is the killer. Yeah, we know. Yeah, we know why they're the main one. killer. Mm hmm. Um, there is absolutely no evidence before the court that child one had any intention to kill Sh um, Shukri, the coroner said. She also rejected claims that anyone had pushed Shukri into the water. However, in a 37-page ruling on Friday, the coroner said that child one should have recognised the risk of death to Shukri once they were in deep water and Shukri was relying on her to stay afloat. She rejected claims that child one had not led um, Shukri into deep water. 
I'm satisfied that child one's breach of duty um, caused, um, uh, um, I'm satisfied that child one's breach of duty caused or made a significant contribution to Shukri's death, she said. Um, I don't know if she mentioned, did not. The coroner identified two moments on the day of Shukri's death where she was reluctant to go with child one and child two to the river, but was persuaded to accompany them. So she didn't want to go and you mm -hmm. guys um, made her. Mm -hmm. She found Shukri was subjected to peer pressure, particularly by child one, the one that you said is not guilty mm -hmm. um, on the first occasion. Although when Shukri did get to the river, she found her to be a willing participant. The coroner said that on the balance of probabilities, Shukri's death was accidental. She said the child Shukri entered the water with was aware Shukri could not swim in an area of deep water that child that child started to swim underwater and Shukri panicked. The other child struggled to swim and probably pushed Shukri off, at which point Shukri went underwater. The coroner said she planned to write to the chief constable of Great, Greater Manchester recommending a commendation for two of the children, child three and child four, who tried to save Shukri's life. Even though the parent... Even though the parent... <laughs> we were about to say the same. Even though the paramedics said they were not wet, what commendation do they need? They didn't try and do anything. She said it didn't seem like anybody tried to rescue her. I'm sorry. I, I, I understand that these are children, but I remember when I was 12, I would have n never in my life, I'm sorry, at that age, you are aware of the prospects of death. You know what could happen. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So don't let, don't, don't let anyone try, oh, they didn't know what they, what they were doing. And it's so weird when they keep using this word, when they keep framing in that way, I'm actually thinking of a six-year-old. Yes. They don't, these are not six-year-olds. They're not six-year-olds. These are, these are preteens that can talk back yes. and talk bad. Shukri's mother complained to the Independent Office for Police Conduct about police failures to investigate the case adequately. What, like we found with Stephen Lawrence? Mm. Sounds about right. Mm -hmm. The IOPC's regional director, Amanda Rowe, said, we found insufficient evidence to suggest that GMP did not conduct a thorough investigation and I'm satisfied that it was carried out in line with national and local policies and procedures. But this is what pisses me off because your local policies and procedures are racist by design. They're racist by design. So how are you going to find anything untoward if they're already racist? It's inescapable. Um, Atik Malik of Liberty Law Solicitors, who represented Shukri's family, said that the coroner had accepted many of the points made by the family's legal team, but that in the light of the coroner's conclusion that Shukri's death was accidental, they were now considering a judicial review of the ruling. Exactly. So that means that the coroner is aware that fuck shit happened, but is not willing to rule that fuck shit happened. Right. Or willing to, to, to put down on paper that fuck shit happened. Um, Maz Salim of the Justice for Shukri campaign said the campaign was set up to protect and provide immediate support for the family and to fight alongside the legal team to ensure the truth of Shukri's death was exposed and to ensure that no family ever has to experience the obstacles this mother had, um, had to face simply to get the truth surrounding her beautiful child's death. Um... A spokesperson for Hazelwood High School said, as a school community, we were very saddened when we learned of Shukri's death. Shukri was described by one of her teachers as a joy to, her, to have in class and is remembered as happy and smiling, uh, a happy and smiling girl at school. We note the coroner's findings that this must have been traumatising event for all of the children involved, most importantly for Shukri, um, Shukri, who tragically lost her life whilst with her friends. They weren't her friends. They weren't her friends. They were demonic white supremacists. I don't care if they're 12 years old. 
We are comforted that the inquest process has been thorough and welcome the findings that there is no evidence Shukri was pushed into the river. The coroner recognising that there has been unhelpful speculation and rumour about this. Our thoughts remain with Shukri's family and we continue to extend our condolences to everyone who knew her. Your thoughts don't remain with Shukri's family. Get the fuck out. Fuck all of you. Fuck all of you. You can all suck your mothers from the school, from the racist school to the racist children, to the racist parents, to the racist coroner, to the racist police force. All of you can go suck your mothers for the entirety of eternity. But what you need to understand that justice will be found one way or another. And we will see, we will get to the bottom of the inconsistencies with how this was investigated. Because mm -hmm. for a paramedic who was basically first to the scene to say that none of these men were wet, none of them looked sad, none of them looked like they even attempted to save her tells us all that we need to know and you can continue lying but god will catch your clerks eventually yes. you pricks yes. you horrible horrible pricks yes and i'm thinking about how child one you know child one is going to grow up with this and it's like this isn't this isn't going to be the end because you know people people who get away with bad things always have a way of showing themselves child one will kill again mm -hmm. Just you wait. Child one will kill again. Just you wait. Wait Let's for Let's wait it. until child one is 17. And then, then, well, 17, 18, then you'll be able to reveal that child one was involved in this case. And then we'll know. Then we'll know. And then you'll have to unseal the records that yes. show that actually more troubling things were mentioned about her behaviour that you chose to push to the side because, oh no, we need to pr protect little white girls. We'll be surprised if she isn't blonde. Oh, we need to protect little white girls, you know, from the, the harm that they cause and blah, 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 blah. We'll see how it all plays out. We'll see how it all plays out. Even if I pray that she doesn't kill again, I pray that she doesn't manage to kill someone again. But if she, I want her to attempt it. Mm. I want her to just attempt it. But I don't want anyone's life to be lost the of way course. that we've lost Shukri's life. You know, or her Shukri's. We'd even lose Shukri's life. It was snatched from her, right? So I want for her to attempt again, and I want you to try and then do the mental gymnastics that you've done now to justify that, and you'll see what will happen. Yes we'll see because this just can't continue and i'm so saddened by it and um yeah and i feel like finally a straw goes out to all of the politicians who um didn't um sign the petition to um, stop that flight to jamaica that was deporting people yes and yes. interestingly david lammy was one of the people that didn't sign that mm, the one that wants to be the black spokesperson oh crazy i think the whole the whole the whole deportation thing for me is is like, like I always say, everything is crazy. But when you look at it and you look at Preeti Patel's response, she responded in a way where it was like she only wanted to highlight the criminals that were the on that flight. Ones, yeah, the extreme yeah. criminals that were on that flight. And it, 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 will, it, will, it, will, it will make white people especially forget that actually a majority of the people on that flight are actually decent people. They're actually decent Very people. Very small charges, minor charges. Yes. Minor charges. And this is the thing. She chose the more extreme ones to be like, oh, well, this person was a rapist. And it's the further, um, further encouraging that narrative that people have in their heads of black people as predatory and whether yes. you're going with that, ignoring the fact that there are people with lesser, way lesser charges um, that were also being deported there. And we also know how the, the system um, harshly charges, harshly sentences black people yes that plays a role here as well but you're all of that is being ignored because you want to deport people because you want to be the brown face of white supremacist Stupid patriarchy bitch. she was tactful in lumping them together and i thought that was the oh oh when they say that sometimes satan can be walking the earth i believe it when i see pretty yeah i believe it when i see pretty because the 
devil is working in this lady. Nothing is pretty about the, you. Nothing. You ugly, ugly, the horrible The devil cow. is working this, in you this lady. ugly, soul And I'll cow. always bring up, for you to even admit that actually, if your laws were in place at the time your parents came, at, well, tried to come here, you would have not been able to. Right. The fact that you admit that and still go ahead with it. Go to hell. And if she turned around and go, well, wasn't this introduced by the Labour Party? I'm just carrying on what you man were doing. Like, she's very, very intentional she's with evil. her violence. She's yeah. Evil. Nah. She's Suck evil. your mum pretty. Suck your mother. She's evil. Suck your mother. Because I would have hoped that she would have been able to talk some sense into you. But you could go suck your mother. You're a prick. Yes. Um, and yeah, and David Lammy, you know, a, a straw for your mother too. Because you really try to ride on Grenfell, on the Windrush scandal, as people like to call it. You really try to do all of that. But when it was time for you to stand your ground you didn't sign the petition and just on that i'm glad actually that david lammy wasn't ever widely accepted by the black community you know we <laughs> you know, we, we always kind of fought over him like oh yeah. is he, what's he doing so i'm glad that 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 happened now because now people show themselves because this when we say that we want you to pay attention to issues this is the sort of issues that we want you to pay attention to fucking naomi campbell was on the petition yep do you get what I mean? Naomi Campbell, what is she... What is she... What do we need Naomi Campbell for? Naomi Campbell only clocked she was black about four years ago. Right. Do you get what I mean? David Lammy. Big, big David Lammy. Disappointing. Mad. Disappointing. Mad. So that's it for this week's episode of SYM. Big up Skillshare and ExpressVPN for supporting the podcast. Um, like I said, Somalia Seaton's um, link to her beautiful... Um, 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 a short film a, a response to your message you can go and watch it I've provided the link in the captions you can join me on patreon.com um, forward slash Kelechi Okafor to support the podcast you can follow um, Kelechi Nakoff or at Say Your Mind Pod to keep the conversation going and yeah where can they find you and then you could follow me on Twitter that's Sadiko JN and Instagram the same thing as well Sadiko JN Beautiful. So I've been Kalechi Okafor. And me, Sadiq. And this has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What? What? That's right. Suck Fuck your mum. And that's it. That's it for this week. Um, make sure that you all look after yourselves and you stay warm and you make sure you cream in between your toes. All right. <laughs> Catch Peace. you on the flip side. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman. This baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. So sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea. We are gonna sip it Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind.